What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 28 of The Overview. I'm Shannon D. And joined today by two brand new guests. I've never been on the show, but I've been wanting to ask for a long time. So I'm really happy that we get a chance to do this late episode with you guys. Uh, I want to welcome Flame, player, analyst. He's, uh, he's, he's been actually a big part of the community that but maybe you guys haven't seen just because it usually happens on Discord and you know just with all the players and behind the scenes. But this guy's always, uh, been a, actually, a, I think, one of the top analysts that, that we have in the community. It's just... Yeah, you write a lot of articles, but we haven't actually gotten a chance to see you on any of the broadcasts yet. But uh, I want to welcome you to the show, Flame. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. All right. Awesome, man. And then down below, we've got Captain Planet, and not that Captain Planet that you probably thought of in terms of the, the old cartoon. No, no. This is Captain Planet. He is, is the statistician. I think of you as the stat man in the community. He does all the meta reports that come from Overbuff. Uh, and officially, you're the content and community manager for Overbuff. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me on, man. All right. Cool. Cool. So uh, today, lots to talk about, given that we didn't have a show last week. Uh, so we're going to go through the PTR patch that, that came out last week. Uh, talk about just the general meta in, in Overwatch right now, since we've got the stat guy here. So uh, Captain Plan has brought a lot of his uh, uh, data and graphs and everything. So we'll, we'll take a look at that. Uh, talk about some funny videos we've got, most of them pertaining to May. It's been pretty amazing, some of the May play lately. Uh, big esports news. Two huge bits of news that have come out the last uh, two days involving... North American sports teams buying esports teams. So huge, huge. We're, I can't wait to talk about that. And then, of course, the recaps of the events. Overwatch World Cup has the top 16 teams established or, or named. And then Overwatch Open, which just finished the NA group. And it's going to be going into the Europe group. But lots going on there, too. And at the end, of course, viewer Q&A, as always, uh, go ahead and tweet your questions to myself, at ChamMV, or we'll, we'll take a look at Twitch chat, too, if there's uh, not enough questions on Twitter. All right, guys. So PTR patch. You guys get a chance to to play a lot of the PTR ever since the the new patch came out. I've been grinding mostly rank, but I did get a chance to look at it. I mean, it's very it's pretty straightforward, I would say, in terms of what it brings to the table. <clears throat> How about you? I'm Kevin? interested. Uh, I have not gotten a chance to try out the PTR yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it really interesting, though, that. A lot of times when Blizzard goes in to do balance changes, they like to change. They like to nerf one thing but buff another. It's always they always <laughs> yeah. do two changes or more. It's like they're they're tinkering too many variables at once to me. I don't know. I know what you I mean. Guess it, yeah. In this particular case, I'm talking about Ana. Yeah, like she. So with Ana, as you guys can see, they they nerfed her her nano boost the ultimate charge, uh, or at least the uh, the rate at which it charges, and then but they did buff the bion- the biotic grenade, which uh, is a pretty big deal. So <laughs> overall, I'm not sure it was an actual nerf or a buff to her. So like you were saying, Captain Planet, it's like kind of like an even type of thing. Uh, but no question her nano boost was was getting charged up way too fast. I think everybody I think we were talking about that even uh, on my other this other uh, podcast I was on that and honest just seemed to be ulting every I don't know 20 seconds, 25 seconds if you have teams Yeah, open. that 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 ult charge rate is kind of the defining uh defining factor of a lot of strategies going on right now. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Flame can name like a couple of them but uh, when you got when you got a hero that can provide such a uh, fight defining ultimate 
having her ultimate way faster than anyone else, then that you got to build around either making that you got to build around abusing that, or you got to build around countering it. Yeah. So it ends up just defining everything. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like this is a buff at the end of the day because I don't know that okay. the nano boost nerf is actually big enough to make the difference in terms of like its effectiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, like you were saying, it's only like twenty seconds, thirty seconds sometimes. So if like twenty percent of thirty seconds is what an extra yeah. six seconds, yeah. it's not really that, that much. Not <laughs> um, another thing I think that we're overlooking is that it's not so much the alt itself it's the fact that it makes other ults even that much better mm, like all right like at the beginning at the beginning of the meta you would see people nano boosting reinhardt's and they would just kind of charge in swing and just never die yeah and then now we're seeing oh maybe we should combo this with a reaper <laughs> and it doesn't matter you know like people teams were waiting for the reapers to get the what's it called the death blossoms this mm-hmm. week like they weren't just like randomly charging their reinhardt's so as if the meta was like two weeks ago and people were only nano boosting Reinhardt's, I think that this might have been a decent nerf because heroes like May actually charge their ults about as fast as Anna if you do it right, uh, abusing <laughs> the heals and stuff. Yeah. So you can get Blizzard about as fast as nano boost, but as far as the combos that nano boost creates, I think that this doesn't change anything because like you're still going to get Earth Shatter probably at the same time. You'll still have you'll still be waiting for Reaper ult no matter what. Um, the only thing that this does is maybe stop steamrolls a little bit better because you're not going to have it 30 seconds in. Like it might give the defense yeah. some time to get their transcendence up or maybe their own nano boost. Yeah, that, but, that's um, a, that's a really good point um, that I hadn't thought of. It doesn't matter how fast a nano boost charges, especially if you're saving it for reaper. It gets limited by the how fast you can charge a reaper anyway. Yeah. So yeah, this at least at least this week do. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. It might be a bigger deal in the lower ranks, where it's probably still happening mostly to tanks. And well, the thing is, I think in lower ranks, this hero is not that good. Our teams are having a hard time making it work as far as like pubbing and stuff because mm-hmm. you have to first of all you have to be able to aim, and second of all yeah. you have to be able to like multitask because she's pretty cooldown dependent in terms of her nukes and her um or her nuke and her sleep dart. So if you're not using them efficiently, which I would assume, like, you only get one shot every 12 yeah. seconds or something for yeah, the sleep dart. Crazy. So if a lower level player is not hitting it or not hitting their teammates correctly with the nuke, or, like, maybe they're doing too much damage um, as opposed to not enough healing, stuff like that. Like, I think that's why she's not that good, and I don't know that it'll make a difference. But I think, honestly, I think the Biotic Grenade is one of the things that makes her... Like, she's already good because of the Nano Boost, and the Biotic Grenade just makes her even better. So making the Biotic Grenade, like, 50% larger... I mean, if you increase the radius by one, that's still, like, I think a 40-something percent increase in AoE, like, the actual area. Yeah, because so you got to think about three dimensions. That's right. That's right. So it's actually, it's like ridiculous, actually. So I don't know that I'm convinced that this, uh, this might actually just be a buff to a hero that I think is already broken. Because one of the things, too, is like mm-hmm. teams used to be running Zenyatta all the time. It would be like, oh, every team yeah. is running Zenyatta. And now teams are straying away, even on defense or even in times where you might think Zenyatta would be good. Because if you just throw a nano, an Ana nuke into a Zenyatta, like your teammates just aren't taking heals anymore. So. Yeah. That's also why Lucio is so good is because if your teammates get low with the biotic grenade on them, you wind up in a position where the armor doesn't count as heal. So it's just extra health and you can like save your teammates that way. So like she's kind of forcing the entire oh, meta funny. herself. Yeah. yeah. And I think that her that's her problem. And I don't know that it's fixable with like small changes like this. I think you almost have to go back and reevaluate the nano boost. Maybe think about other ways or add another character to negate the biotic grenade. Because like, I don't yeah. know. There's a lot of problems. I think. At, le- at least with Nano Boost, I've heard suggestions floated around like 
either remove the damage reduction or remove the well actually that's that's the main one really um it's nice to have the speed it's nice to have the the damage but adding the damage reduction to it kind of pushes it over a little or a little over the top yeah i, think I that's honestly, yeah i mean i don't, i feel the i feel the opposite i feel like the damage reduction is legitimate i think the damage amp is like what's insane it's one about or the it. other it's just yeah, about total I'd, I'd damage it's about there, there you go i mean there's three elements to it three yeah. things to tinker with yeah Truth. I, I mean i think some of these changes might have been just <clears> a I don't know, maybe a bit of a knee jerk just to try to get Ana into the the meta, uh, because she was starting to come into the meta and at least at the highest level. And then you know I, I felt like the PTR was was coming out right as Ana was was starting to be played a bit a bit more in the pro level. And then now it just it was like an overkill in terms of, of potentially being a counter yep. for for Zen, right? Because Ana was you, the clear cut can... counter for Zen regardless of these changes or not. So she was coming in the meta already, and. The biggest thing for me that I heard was just really the ult boost was just being too fast. But you, but that point that you made, Flame, does make a lot of sense now. So it wouldn't even matter anyways. I, yeah, I feel like I feel like they think that they yeah. nerfed her. I feel like because mm-hmm. the pro players at least have been complaining about the rate because they've just yeah. been. I mean, the European there haven't been any NA tournaments. I don't think recently. Like there's been like ESL King of the Hills, but there hasn't been a big tournament since um, the ESL Atlantic Showdown. Yeah, just yeah. Ghost yeah. basically. Yeah. 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 So as far as and, Blizzard's and no one's concerned, in the ghost. Yeah, as far as Blizzard's concerned, they're not watching the tournaments because there aren't tournaments. And this was the first tournament, I think, this E-League this past week that they actually got to watch, I think, or players got to actually spectate. Unless you were watching scrims or you knew how scrims were going, you weren't really appreciating the nano boost. And, um, yeah, Yeah. I think that they thought that they were nerfing what we thought was overpowered. But, the whole like, (laughs) you consider the sleep dart overpowered. Like, it's generally an easy kill if someone slept. Um, that if you hit the biotic grenade on an enemy, it's probably going to die unless there's like a Zarya nearby. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. A, she has way too many ways to turn a team fight by herself. Like it's a little, and you, you can see, you can see in their justification that they don't, you can see that it's a little knee jerky anyway. Cause they, they start out justifying and say, we haven't seen any indication. Honest <laughs> too strong. That's right. That's but, right. <laughs> so you, you can see they're kind of reacting to something, but, they don't really see it in their data necessarily. Yeah, that's no. not that's not to say, guys, that the nano boost change isn't a good one. I, I think it actually is a good one, regardless. It's no, just sure. not. Yeah, yeah, it's just not going to yeah. do anything to unnecessarily to to help like bring her down a bit. Uh, but this is a classic case, right? This is a classic case where a character took a, a good amount of time before it got in, mostly because just teams just didn't have a, a, a chance to play her very much and experiment with her and really get a chance to do it against, you know, in, in scrims and whatnot. But it's been, you know, I don't know how many months now since Ana came out. Maybe two months now since Ana came out. And well, what yeah, happened was she got released yeah. during groups of or like the playoffs for the Atlantic Showdown. Mm, so team, yeah. teams weren't really ready to start switching up their compositions because it was too late. Like. Yeah. You don't want to you want to be practicing for a tournament and then when the tournament comes you just suddenly decide oh we're going to try this new hero. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that, then, that's pretty and much And then right. when you can when you combine that with uh season 2's release with a bit of balance changes nerfing Zenyatta a little bit, then there's suddenly a lot more room for Yeah, absolutely. So so we're talking about maybe nerfing some of the like we said one of the three elements of the boost itself, which is either speed Damage decrease or or the the da- or the actual damage itself or the damage multiplier itself. So uh, yeah, I'm sure they'll take a look at it. I I don't know what will change a bit. What about the? But do you think the biotic grenade is a good one or not? Just generally speaking, I, think- I was I was wa- I was watching Surefor play her. Uh, I don't know. He was he was just messing around, but 
he was already just like lobbing grenades and hitting people across the map with it to set up kills. So I wow. think at the top level, this is just going to make that kind of play all the more consistent. It might make sense on the lower levels, but it might actually on at some at, on some level might be a little annoying because you you've always run into that situation where someone runs in front of you when you're trying to hit something farther away. Yeah, right. I feel like that might that might happen more often. Or wait, no, it's not the hit radius. It's just the radius of the explosion. No, it's the radius of, of yeah, just what it covers, right? Okay, ignore yeah. ignore that last point. Yeah. Yeah. So it's I don't I don't know. I like that when you hit that nuke in a pub, even like even when you're playing at high SR pubs, the second you hit it, something is gonna die. Like if an enemy team's not running Zarya and you hit a biotic grenade, like you won the fight generally. Yeah, that's true. But that person's just dead. So it's it's a big deal, and I think it's, it's gonna you'll start seeing teams like. I think a legitimate strategy right now is if like you hit a graviton and you don't have nano boost, like you, it's worth it for you to go in and throw the grenade like suicide just to get the grenade inside the graviton because it's just guaranteed kills. Right. Treat it, treat it like a tracer sticky kind. Yeah. Pretty much. I think it just. I think it's gonna <clears throat> accentuate the mercy res or needing mercy reses like even more so yeah. oh, already. Yeah. Gosh, mercy's already being played so much. This is gonna make make her play even more. These guarantee kills from grenades. Well, we'll 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 see, Chen, man. Because remember, Anna's taking Anna and Lucy are taking Mercy's spot at the moment. Yeah, that's actually we'll, we'll see those stats in a second, right? <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> uh, why don't we talk about some of the other changes? So Widowmaker, they they changed the animation time, the the scope in animation time, uh, lowering it from 0.5 to 0.3. I forget what was at. What was it at originally? Was it point three originally? I mean, it was like point three three or something, okay. and then they okay. made it point three. Uh, it was something like that. Yeah. So we're this back isn't a this isn't a change to rate of fire though. So no, this isn't a big. This isn't really that big of a change. I think it's more of a quality of life thing. Yeah. Um, doesn't change your damage. Doesn't change anything other than I guess you get your shots off a little bit more accurately. It's just nicer. Yeah. Just feels better at it, least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you have you tried out the mechanic? I haven't played Widow since the original nerf actually. Yeah, I mean, it's just you can get your scope you scope in faster, but your shot doesn't go off faster. It's, okay. it's bizarre. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Um, okay, Junkrat. So Riptire, the ability now activates quickly. That's good. I mean, I hope it's... I haven't tried it out yet, but I hope it's not, like, so quick you can literally run in the middle of guys and just, like, you know, just, just pull yeah, it I, off. I haven't tried it either, and I can't, I can't speak to how useful this is going to be. I... Like usually, when you kill a, a junk rat when he's in the middle of alting, it's because the rip tire is already far away from him, and he's just standing there with it, you know, like crouch in a corner somewhere. So, if this is if this is meant to make him die less, I don't know how useful it's going to be. Mm. So I, I don't know. I don't exactly know what this is going to be accomplishing, other than like a slight quality of life. No, I think it's I think it's legitimate. Like um, there's a lot of times one. where you'll um, yeah, I think it's a I think it's a decent buff. I mean, it's not. I don't know if it's like a huge buff, but it's definitely a big buff because there's a lot of times where you'll be like dying or close to death as Junkrat, mm-hmm. or you'll like see an opportunity maybe to get a kill, but you'll have to sit there and you'll be like he'll like make it, whatever he yells, and then he like pulls the chain cool. to yeah. let the tire go. Yeah, mm-hmm. so then. There comes times where, like, oh, someone will see you, like a Winston or a Tracer, and they might kill you mid-animation, but now if they're too close, you can probably suicide with them. Like, mm-hmm. it gives the hero a little bit more um, trade potential as opposed to just deaths, because right now there's a lot of times where you'll just get mowed down before you even get the tire to start rolling. Yeah. And I think that this is what this um, fixes. It, it decreases like, the at least distance that away from, from the target that you can be to... Uh, mm-hmm. I just hope there's a line that you can cross where he can literally suicide 
and essentially be like a tracer bomb. So I hope it's nothing like that where you can instantly pull a cord and, you know, just like turn into the, the tire and then just blow up. Well, the yeah. I mean, when this game came out, I had this idea that like, if you pop a graviton, you should just like, um, remote grenade. Yeah. No, just remote grenade yourself into a graviton and die. And then just let oh. the four death grenades, like get kills inside. Of oh, okay. It. No one's ever done it. I'm oh, waiting man. for it. The meta. Yeah. It, you, you'd Junk almost think meta. that that junk should have some sort of not, not as ultimate, but some way just a suicide. And then you can activate the passive in that way. Yeah, I mean, when this game came out, everyone was like, mm. oh my god, Roadhog and um, Junkrat, it's like Pudgeon Techies from Dota. So like, yeah. I, I honestly thought that Junkrat's ult would, would be awesome if he just literally blew himself up and then he killed more people with the death grenades. Like, oh, that's, that's an interesting... So maybe you can do that now. Maybe you okay. can do that now. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, I've pulled, like off, I mean, I've pulled off that kind of like suicide before, but it, you know, it was just because it took forever for people to kill. So like at the highest level, that would never happen. But I don't know. Like, if you trade yourself for five kills in the Graviton, you might do it. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> well, can you can you actually activate your ultimate in the air, like while you're? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, that would be that'd be interesting. That, that would be sick if you could. Then <laughs> would definitely do that. Yes. Yeah, like, you, hold, pop, you pop the mine, it in, it is activate it on system. the way up, and then yeah, yeah, and then drop it. On oh yeah. god, that'd be sick. Okay, well, hopefully we'll we'll have to get it. Well, I think a lot of people will end up playing this and get a get a sense for um, what kind of change. But I do, you know, I I think me and Flame do think that's going to be pretty big, or at least have some impact on. on It'll junk. definitely have an impact yeah. in his survivability, at least, and probably his ult just in general. All right, some of the other updates: uh, some static cameras, which you know now now support in spectator mode. That was that was one of the things I know have been suggested along the line, um, just over time by some folks having certain areas where you just have a camera that that's just watching certain spots on the map. So not sure if that's good or bad for Overwatch, but it's definitely good that they're they're trying that out. Team names can be edited, which is cool. Hanzo's yeah. Dragon Strike Force finally. <laughs> Is uh, yeah. is being raised when he has the um, Akami and Lone Wolf skin. That was just that was a bug, like for the longest time, right? Um, we saw we saw some of the the screenshots of this of the new um, the new UI elements, and they they yeah. look good. Mm-hmm. I think the the team thing is really neat. Oh yeah, I yeah. think these are just the f- the first wave of um, some improved spectator features, and I've heard that they've been uh, they've been sitting in on some private scrims to see. And test out stuff and gather information for how they can make that that mode look better. That's good. That's definitely. I mean, the UI is definitely a big part that needs to be improved. Um, and as long at least we have the tools. And one of the biggest tools I feel like we're getting is the pause button. I mean, that's so big in terms of esports being able to pause the match for whatever you know. Any anything go wrong, keyboards can go bad. You know, mice can stop working, and and um, just having the ability to. to, to you know, just to pause the game is essential, actually, instead of having to regame or, I mean, it could be towards the end of the games, it can just cost you games, and no, you know, like, you don't even Basic functionality in 2016, who knew? I know, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. But, I mean, I guess to that point, I spoke with Blizzard when, I don't know when it was, it was like PAX East, it was pretty early in the game's life cycle, and Mm -hmm. I felt like, I mean, I got the gist or the general feeling that, like, the game came out faster than it was almost ready in some ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like even when you look at the main menu, like there's nothing really impressive about the main menu of Overwatch, but you can tell when you go into the PTR right now, like how much room there is for improvement because the, the new stat screen is like beautiful, actually. 
Oh, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, really those nice. colors are great. Yeah, it's like really oh, nice. Colors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know well, it's the colors, yeah. and then it's like there's more bars. You can see more heroes at the same time. It, mm-hmm. Like there's a lot more um, you can learn from it, I guess. Yeah. And on top of that, I think spectator mode was never um, ready. You know, like it's still not ready. And I think that they're playing around that well because they're not pushing the game super hard right now. Like a lot of the tournaments that are coming out are third party. It's not like Blizzard saying, oh, we're going to do a massive major. Like, I don't think that the game is ready for that. And I think they're aware of that. And I think that's why, like, you see the World Cup is more um, instead of a instead media. Of a prop, yeah, it's like a more proper, media like, thing. And like, yeah, well, I, I would say yes and no. I mean, they, I think they have we're, we're not saying it won't be competitive. No, I mean, I think they have a pretty large amount of input, at least for Overwatch Open. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. No, 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 of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I just yeah. meant more in terms of them, like, because they had, like, a huge master scheme during closed beta of, like, how this game was going to be, like, the biggest. And it still has potential to be the biggest. It's just, um, yeah. you, you need features like pause. You need features like better spectator cameras, stuff like that. Yeah. I think you, another thing okay. to consider was uh, Jeff said that their, I guess, their spectator UI and, like, their pause stuff, that whole team was tied up in getting us 60 hertz yeah. uh, yep. no, uh, rank play servers going, so... At least they got that first, and then now now they're working on some of the other things in the backlog. There's a big future ahead of us. Yeah, but lots you know, lots in the pipeline. I mean, it's good to see that they focus on each one, and they kind of com- you know complete it, or at least get it to a point which they they're happy with, and then they kind of move on to the next thing. Yeah, because the the sixty two, you know, just the, the the net code. You know, we had that developers update with the net code update. I mean, for a lot of people, it didn't really say much, but I mean, overall, I think we are seeing a lot less of the the kind of crazy incidents. Roadhog is still going to be an issue with his hooks. Oh yeah, but everything else has gotten a lot better. You you just hear less and less complaints about yeah. people dying behind walls and stuff like that. So definitely good. Um, okay, why don't we move on? Talk about some meta here, Captain Planet. Why don't you, um, I guess, lead us through some of these uh, stats that we have? So, first thing I'm going to show they? is the overall uh, stats in Overwatch here. So let me show it. Okay, it's loading up here. Okay, here we go. Right. All right. So, so talk us through this. <laughs> what is? What so this is, is a chart. Stat? Sorry, I'm sitting up. Um, this is a chart that tracks hero usage over time. Mm-hmm. Each column is a week. And the farthest right week is the data from the first half of the Overwatch Open. Now, Chan, okay, uh, cool. if you mouse over any of the heroes, you can see you can see their path more. Uh, oh yeah, yeah nice. more directly. Oh god, look at this one! Yeah, I picked a good one. Cool. <laughs> yeah, so you, you can yeah. kind of see the trends as they've gone along. Um, Lucio kind of oh, nice. chilling at the top there. You get all the defense heroes at the bottom. Oh, oh look at this! This is uh, nice too. Rest in peace, Pharah. <laughs> um, now, down. if you want to, if you want to see how the meta's changed uh, since that. season two's began in terms of heroes that have been on the rise, you can go to the next link. Okay, so let's just go to the risers. All right, loading up. Okay, oh, that's so the here. that's the false, but that's still fine. Is that the what? Oh, yeah. Scroll down there. Yeah, there it is. Oh, so man. These, these are, a dive. Yeah, they, these are the heroes that were on the they were on the on the downtrend. So you see, Zenyatta's uh, actually taken a big dip with uh, kind of concurrent with Ana's rise. Mm-hmm. Um, and lately, Win- Winston and um, I believe that's Genji, right? Sorry, it, yeah, it isn't displaying yeah, on my Genji. screen for some reason. Yeah, but, there it is. Uh, so Winston and Genji have fallen off. I believe, and Flame can back me up here uh, because. Reapers come into play in the mm-hmm. in the new Beyblade meta as sure for <laughs> <The> point. <Beyblade. laughs> 
Well, where's the? Uh, oh, that's funny. I was looking for Roadhog. Yeah, yeah Roadhog's here. He's here. He had like a spike and then a, a sharp decline in the, I guess the Overwatch Open. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know how in depth you want to go about Rise and Falls, but as far as the meta goes, it's just everything is anacentric and it's shaping everything. Like I can go into depth if you guys want, but it's it's pretty much like you have Anna, and Anna's so good that you're never gonna not run her now. Yeah, why don't, um, why don't we look at the risers here? That was a yeah, go for it. That's supposed yeah. to be the risers. If we're gonna so Anna, Anna went from roughly a little bit over a little bit over seven percent usage rate oh. at the beginning of season two up okay. to now above 80. So, yes, almost every comp is using her, and the, the few comps that aren't tend to be on King of the Hill. Okay, let me let me bring it up here a second. We got had them reversed. And okay, we go. Also on, also on the risers, you can see May, May, which I believe Flame called mm -hmm. uh, a couple weeks back as one of the better ways to to deal with anything boosted, really. Uh, May's gone. She was, like, at roughly 12%. At the beginning of season two, dropped a bit, but now she's bumped up to around 35 uh, in the first half of the Overwatch Open. So, is it purely to counter the boost, or is it just more of a about time with May? Like, it's no, it's, it's everything. Yeah, it's, it's not just boost. Yeah, it's like okay. Well, I, it's, oh, I, guess, I guess it's the the buff tutor. She had a huge buff. Yeah, tell, this time tell us about her ultimate flame. <laughs> well, I mean, all right. Well, no, no, no. For, well, forget the buff. I guess it's it's the fact that Blizzard is. All right, so I guess I'll talk to this. It's like Blizzard, at the beginning, at the beginning of every game, at the beginning of every game, it turns into a race between offense and defense right now of like which Anna gets their nano boost first. Mm -hmm. And the first all generally goes straight to the Reinhardt. Like that's how you want to use it because it's the most efficient hero in terms of what you can do with it. Like you get the most health out of it. You get the most damage with the swings and Reinhardt's mobility is pretty good when you can charge in. So teams realize or i realized even first like i'll take credit <laughs> no 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 <laughs> you, problem you for me call it. I, was I called it a long time ago like you you need the wall and you need the freeze like you can freeze a reinhardt that's or shattered and control him you can put a wall up and block him from hitting your teammates and he can't kill you because you have 250 hp he does i think 75 a swing times 1.5 it's like 125 a swing but if you get in your ice block or get healed at all you're not dying in two swings so like you can freeze a reinhardt pretty reliably mm -hmm. and the blizzard itself is also a really good counter to the nano boost because your team can kind of just stand in it or throw it in a choke where the reinhardt needs to get through and mm -hmm. suddenly he can't get through and you can like kind of bait out time and it's just you buy time and that's kind of how the meta has been shifting right now it's not so much about kills it's about surviving the ana onslaught um i mean that sounds kind of ridiculous but well you saw this week from e-league it turned into this weird i, I didn't really like it because i don't like the game becoming alt centric but it became a con it became like a mix of nano boosted reapers mixed with yeah. pulse bombed gravitons and the teams that could get the most of those combos off in a game generally had the most success. Or, like, the teams that... That's why Reaper was so popular. Teams aren't actually running Reaper. They were running three tanks. But I think someone realized how good Death Blossom was somewhere around, along the line. Yeah. And that became way too strong. And now, like, you're seeing it become way too strong. So everything's being shaped around this nano boost. And I think that, like, that's why you're running Zarya so you can live um, and you can get rid of the biotic grenade. Lucio is always going to be good. Reinhardt's mm -hmm. the best hero in general in terms of like consistency. Like you need shields, you need the damage block. He's a good heal target. Um, 
and the tracer is another tracer is like one of the few heroes that can reliably get on an Anna or deal with a Lucio and an Anna. Mm-hmm. And since teams are running McCree, it opens up space for her. So there's a lot of reasons, but I, this whole meta is actually just shaped around this Anna hero. Yeah. And, to, for me, it's been interesting to see the progression of, I guess, public opinions idea of what the Nana boost should be used on. I think when Anna <laughs> was first announced, people were like, Oh my God, imagine on a Genji. And then they realized that Reinhardt was a really good choice. But now they realize that out of both of those, well, I mean, you want to use Reinhardt when there's no alts up, but Death Blossom's just as good, if not better, than Genji's alt. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And it's more consistent, too, because you don't need to, like, dash around and aim it. Um, so that's what people are using on now. Uh, Zarya, Zarya's great, like Flame just said, both on offense to and defense to get rid of the Ana, Ana grenade, but she's also good to protect against those flanking tracers that might want to kill your Ana. And then um, one final thing is it's gotten so warped against, like, teams game planning against uh, the, the Nana Boost that Reinhardts are saving their ultimate specifically to drop it on the Reaper. It's, like, it's just Crazy. like how we, we used to see back in the kind of Genji, the kind of Genji-dominated meta, they do the same thing. They just save or shatter to stop the Genji, and now they're doing it on the Beyblade. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, the it, the Reaper the Reaper boosted it makes a lot of sense too, just because it's it's the is there any other alt that actually deals damage in that quick of a time frame? Not uh, while being able to move and no, stuff, right? Or exactly. maybe, not, not maybe, in such a wide AOE. Maybe Roadhog's alt, and Timey mm-hmm. was doing that a little bit. Yes. Uh, well, Faris Faris focus. You know, like you can you can like delta split and like run away from it yeah and you can Re- kill reaper, easily, pretty yeah easily, reaper, reaper yeah. is still moving reaper's thing is in a full 360 degree circle <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's crazy, man. it's there's there's probably nothing better in terms of value yeah i don't yep. know how many times yesterday we saw a reaper just sitting there waiting like literally in the corner in the top of a village just yeah, yeah a lot waiting, of the reaper waiting, players waiting, are playing kind of like hard blues roadhog just yeah. sneaky sneak and then drop down on yeah but it's not like the Anna, but if the people that weren't watching for whatever reason, it's not like Anna's sitting next to him. Anna's actually somewhere else and she just like shoots him like as or hits him as as she he's he's coming down. Yeah, she's is, she's like Yeah. I, I, like I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It's like when people complained about Widowmaker, it was like this hero is unflankable, you can put up your little trap and she has the grapple to get away from heroes that try to get to her. Like she's too survivable and like that's where this hero is right now too. Like forget the nano boost, forget the grenades. Yeah. Or like leave the grenades but i mean like if you try to flank her with one person like if a winston jumps her you get a slept dart sleep mm-hmm. darted if a tracer goes on her he can she can just nuke the tracer and herself and suddenly the tracer has to run like she's so survivable mm-hmm. and then she has this ability to just make a reaper turn into this one man wrecking ball that <laughs> which and that's it that's another reason why the zarya is so good is because like graviton's that has all the control but if you put a bubble on that reaper like you're just not killing him yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that's really <laughs> crazy Okay, well, and you know, Zarya is actually another Brown, another one of those it's heroes up. that, if you go to the the overall, she's been pretty pretty consistently up there. Uh, and mm-hmm. what she's only gotten she got one nerf that I guess Blizzard called before people realized that she needed it, or at least public. Like I guess you guys knew it at the upper level of play, but what was it to the personal bubble? Yeah, Zarya Zarya's been around forever. Mm-hmm. Lucia's been around forever. Anna the game has a lot of one-shot on. combos, and she's, like, the only counter to them, reliably. And that's yeah. why she's so good, is, like, someone gets charged, you just bubble them. Someone gets yeah, flash frames, you bubble them. Yep. She's yeah. the only thing that can purge D-buff. 
No. Mm, that's a good point. Someone gets Discord orbed, you just bubble them. Someone yeah, gets yeah. Nano, Nano, or uh, Ananuke, you bubble them. Like yeah. Pulse Bomb, you bubble them. Everything. Frozen by May, you bubble them. Like she's too consistently good and too like her kid is just so. It counters to May. Thing. She's borderline overpowered. If you like, think about everything that she can deal with. I guess she could be the most important character in uh, in Overwatch for. I don't even know how in, long now. It's it's been in, months. In, ter- months. in terms of consistency, she's up there with Lucio. Uh, yeah, we, yeah. We'll, we'll occasionally have heroes that like spike to the top because they're very obviously broken, but those two have been around and, pretty consistent at the same usage rate for a long time. And it's because they both are all about sustain, you know. And a lot of the strats have been about sustaining and and like you said before, like right now, it's a little bit more about just who can live long. Just. I mean, of course, live longer, but just live live through these these Ana boosts and things like that. Um, yeah. One cool thing about either. seeing May now is like we see all these interesting plays now with May, and these things have been available for a long time, you know. And there's like all these clips, which I'll, I'll show you one right now, like uh, just a fun one that's on. Um, I think it's Hanamura here, where uh, you know it's just that 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 wall where instead of going through the gate, right, where a lot of Mays just bisect your your team once you get through the gate. Um, you know, people are basically, well, they're ice walling, so they go over, over the, the top of any kind of ice wall there. So they're just kind of walking in and then just charging in. And then we're seeing also just on Anubis, I think yesterday we saw, um, one of the oh, games. So they, did they just use the wall to counter the other wall? It, it will, if yeah. there would have been another wall, it would have countered it because they would have just been able to walk on top of the wall and still in. I think a lot of people have done the left side, you know, where they do the wall and they line up in a line there and they go through the little window on the top left. But this one was like literally right down the middle from the top of the building, mm-hmm. you know. Well, one thing you can do even, I mean, this is fancy and all, but if you just put up a wall on the left side door and just uh, perpendicular yeah. to the door, you can just block May's line of sight from being able to drop her own wall. I mean, it, like it's cool, but it's like you're running May to counter May and you wind up in a position where now like you just you have the same hero. So it's not really a huge advantage it's for that really team. Like, yeah, I know yeah like mm-hmm. you're getting through the choke, but now you're fighting the same thing. It, it's it's a little weird to me, but it, yeah, it, yeah. it was cute. And I think I mean, if I'm going to be honest, I think the wall needs a nerf first like on her too kid, much like, health on it. Yeah, and like oh, just oh, is too it much too much time? Up? Okay. Oh, it's just too much uptime. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Um, oh yeah, it's like anyway, ten second sh- cooldown, five second life. It's yeah, something weird. like that. Yeah. Let me see yeah, if I show, can... show us some of these other games. Yeah, let me show you the the Anubis one. So this one actually happened yesterday at um, uh, during the Overwatch Open, and let me let me bring it up here. Yeah, so this is on Anubis. This is on Attack Anubis, and. What you can't see in the peripheral here is that his their their teammates are right behind her, like right on her. And then you see this; she basically just just elevators everybody up on top of that that bridge area on on Anubis, and that that's huge because that's where everybody sets up really. To, to well, stop. yeah, I mean to that to to this point, I like the idea of it, but it's like um, Splice's lineup was so not anything that could even remotely deal with it. Yeah. How did they get to that position? Like, they could have easily just been running, I don't know, if they had their own maze, that wouldn't have worked. If they had, like, a Zarya, that wouldn't have worked. Um, it, was, it was weird that they let that happen. They have no spam on their top, so it, it was good. It was cute. It was I like it, man. It was but it was like I don't know that it works every single time. Like, it's not going to work as consistently as long. Yeah, it, it, it is That's really it. neat that of all heroes, May is the one that seems to inspire the most creativity of people. 
And people have been saying that for a long time. It, it, you know, like there's been all kinds of cool things you can do with a wall, uh, but people just didn't play her enough to really get a chance to even experiment with it. So it's kind of cool. And then yeah. the last one we saw was um, actually somebody experimenting with uh, the the AI, and they discovered something that was pretty cool. Uh, let me show you here. And this is on Ilios, the the well map. And, um, you know, one of the, this is like one of the maps that Zarya players just hate because there's this giant hole in the middle of the map and, and things like the, the black hole, you, you can't really have it stick to anything. Well, somebody figured out a way <laughs> with having a, a May partner throw a wall and the black hole actually sticks to the wall. That's actually one of the few things I've ever been like wowed by like as far as <laughs> yeah, like cool. coming in with smart ideas that's i mean i don't know if it'll work like you'll have to have a main azaria it's not a bad comp by any means it, but. it makes it makes you kind of think of um Lijian garden where people try to stick people to the wall on that to drag them up now this is just build your own wall oh, yeah. man okay. yeah i mean but you can sure. tell the aoe is not that big like it's actually not reaching the edges of the well the lucius yeah, kind they, of run into it get but, really close yeah they're actually <laughs> running yeah a little bit yeah it doesn't cover the entire yeah, it's well cool oh it's cool but That'd does it easy. but does it yeah you know yeah, just, we, don't, yeah. we don't need Zarya graviton AOE buffs like that's all we're asking for. So. <laughs> I, I think, <laughs> I think because, be because of craze. seeing her a lot and um because we're seeing her a bit more in Overwatch open People are gonna start playing her. It'll be like um, when they first buffed Diva that first time. Yeah. All of the main Overwatch subreddits just gonna be May plays, like it was with Diva bombs. <laughs> and people are gonna be like, "Oh man, I can't wait to see this in a tournament because I'm sure the pros are gonna pick it up." But in the end, it it's cute, just like Flame said. But it might might be a little too uh, dicey to execute when the when the game's on the line. The yeah. hero is very dynamic, and the hero is very um, powerful in the right hands. I think. She, like, suffers from... It's weird because she's kind of countered by Anna. Like, if Anna hits the biotic grenade on May, it actually just shuts her down completely because May is so reliant on that ice block, and you don't actually heal through the ice block. Oh, it'll stop the heal on that? It doesn't give you immunity to it? No, it doesn't. And another thing that's cool that I don't think a lot of people realize is that the reason why... Another reason why Winston's not being picked so much is because biotic grenade actually stops Winston from gaining health when he goes into primal. No. If you have like hundred I didn't know that either. If you have like hundred HP as Winston and she nukes you and you go down to like twenty five and then you primal, you'll still have twenty five. Holy um, so I don't know that's if that's huge. a bug or an oversight, but like that's it's stuff like that that are actually like she's actually just removing heroes from the game when you look at it in that perspective. That's broken. Yeah, that so, is messed that up. is broken, actually. <laughs> That's, so, um, I'm not sure if it yeah, should. I, mean, I guess officially it should happen. Well, I, it's weird because I, it's, it's not a. It's not like a heal. It's, it's not a it's heal, like a Lucia no, right, kind of thing. Yeah. But I guess yeah, the game but, treats it like a heal, so it's um. Yeah. They well, then it, so- it sounds like um the anti of Lucia's barrier falling off and charging Zarya's thing. Like it, it makes sense that it would counter mm. transcendence because that is like literally a heal. But with this case, yeah, they might want to switch up the coding a little bit with. Yeah. yeah, that's an easy way to counter an ult. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I don't know if they're aware of it. Maybe they're crazy. not, but I, I yeah. know it. I know that that's how it interacts. So, yeah. we'll okay. Well, uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, you guys watching and listening will be trying yeah, be, some be of these right cool back. things Finally, out. Barbara. Like, yeah, obviously. Uh, all right, so we've got a lot of news, a lot of big esports news that that happened uh, in the last, uh, I'd say, about twenty four hours, maybe maybe a little bit more than that. And it started off yesterday with the Philadelphia 76ers 
buying actually two esport teams and merging them into the Dignitas brand. Uh, so the Philadelphia Sixers bought Dignitas and Apex, merged it into Dignitas, and now you know it's it's just going to be Dignitas. Now, for uh, for our uh, either EU or maybe people that don't follow sports, can you tell us who the Philadelphia 76ers are? Yeah, Philadelphia 76ers are are an NBA team. So it's it's one of the uh, it is the first North American professional sports team like to to actually uh, own an esports team but they are they're probably the worst team right now but historically the 76ers are one of the most yeah they're one of the most known and renowned uh franchises in nba history and for for the sports disinclined nba is basketball (laughs) oh my gosh i just want sorry remember this is a gaming podcast so we can't assume (laughs) my bad my bad yes the philadelphia philadelphia 76ers is a an nba basketball team uh so pretty exciting you know there's been talk about you know, when's esports? One of these big orgs going to come and and buy these esports teams or or start their own esports teams? Well, it doesn't look like they're going to be starting their esports teams. It looks like they are yeah. going to be purchasing like these these brand these esports brands that have been around for a while, like Dignitas. Dignitas Odie and Dignitas have been around for man, fifteen maybe even more years than that. And I mean, they were around you know both like for the last age of esports, you know that that came and went so way, way back. So yeah, uh, really great news for them. And you know, I, I kind of know personally that you know these teams, I, you're starting to see it more. And we're about to talk about another one. It's just because you know these organizations are coming in with a lot of money, and you know the, these teams that were have been around. If you don't have a lot of money to compete, then it it gets really really tough to do that. So I think a lot of a lot of them are just making a strategic decision just to merge with with these these bigger organizations and yeah dignitas being the first one is really cool and that obviously affects overwatch too because you know dignitas is in the overwatch space so what do you guys think just generally with this bit of news i think there's Um, a chance that if someone goes back like say in 15 years someone's writing the the book of esports and chronicling the history this could be like the turning point that they point to where say this is where it, this is where esports became main, mainstream, mm-hmm. at least in yeah. the Western world, the Western world outside of Asia, South Korea. But yeah, this is huge. I'm having fun uh, asking all of the the Dignitas players in Overwatch um, if they even know what the 76ers are because they're all from <laughs> God, Europe. You're, so, you're such a troll, man. Oh, uh, you know, a troll. <laughs> uh, Flame, what do you think, man? I mean, I wouldn't go that far. I'd say the biggest turning point was when Amazon purchased Twitch. I mean, as far as like legitimizing, saying like, oh, this is going to be big. Um, I think it's good, though, for the scene. It's just financial sta- stability for these orgs. It's nothing more. I don't see I don't see these um, 76er buyers or like the Wizards Warriors and Magic Johnson or whatever, like becoming huge integral parts. But I think that they just want to be there for the investment at the end of the day, if it does blow up. And I feel like it's going to blow up. It's just a matter of time and which game is going to do it. Um, when I spoke to Nate Nanzer, actually, at PAX, like, they were trying to get who is the esports director or whatever the highest level esports Blizzard. thing you can yeah. be at Blizzard. Mm-hmm. Is, um, he was saying that he was looking... I think that they want they wanted, they want Overwatch to be big, like bigger than CS if they had their way. Like, obviously, that's a huge goal, and I don't know if it's possible or what the time frame would be for that, but... Moral of the story is like they it needs money and it, they want sustainability for the players. So like teams like or players like Shaq buying out NRG or mm-hmm. owning NRG and then buying out teams, I think is a really good thing in terms of um, just having just knowing that the scene has the money to 
do what it needs to do. Like if a team needs to mm-hmm. build a stadium Absolutely. for some reason yeah. or create their own housing for training camps or stuff like that, I think that that's where it becomes good. Or even play, pay salaries that are good enough to live. Yeah. Um, a lot well, of teams, the thing. Yeah, the yeah, and I think I think a lot of people overlook when you look at the um, European scene versus the NA scene is that I'm not, I don't know what the life, what living conditions are like in Europe. I, like I've never lived there, but I feel like North Americans are hesitant or more hesitant to give up whatever they're doing or whatever their goals lifestyles, are. Just yeah, lifestyles to go to the esports and risk it all. Whereas I feel like in Europe, it seems a little bit easier. I don't know why that is, but most of the NA players I talk to or that I've even played with or like interacted with, like a lot of them are scared, you know, because like a lot of them will finish college or be midway through college. Cause it's, it's bizarre because my age group, I would say like the 20 year olds to the 20, like eight, maybe they were all in school while esports was getting big. Mm-hmm. And now they're given this opportunity to like swap over. It's, it's really, it's putting players in a really weird position. You're seeing a lot of, I think, teams are slowing down. Like, a lot of the teams that are actually doing this full-time aren't the ones that are in the group where they would be finishing college or going into high school and stuff. So, like, all this money is just safety for them, I would get, I would say. Or just, like, it's something that they can say, like, okay, there's definitely a way here for me to live off of this. It's, like, it's risky. But this makes it seem less risky. I think that's why it's a really good thing. And it legit, like, it makes taking that jump less scary for the players. Well, it's just, Especially, it's, it's just more like financial support for a larger scope of players too. Uh, yeah. Not only the top players. I mean, we, we have seen a very, very small percentage of players make good money. Like not even just like, ah, it's sustainable money. No, they're, they're making good money for like yeah. anybody in any profession. Uh, yeah, so, I'm not, I'm not allowed to know, talk salaries or anything, but yeah, they're, the, yeah. the esports players for Overwatch are making, they're making decent enough. Like it's, it's good livable wage, I would say. And especially when you have your orgs paying for your housing and stuff, like most of that money is just wind up being banked. Uh, like, and when you're winning tournaments, I mean, that's obviously the upper half, but I think Blizzard wants it to be more than just that upper echelon as far as stability. Yeah. Like, I think they want like, you know, the NBA, like if you're not the top player in the NBA, or you're not on the best team, you're still making good money. And that hasn't really ever been the case for esports. Um, yeah, like it's, right now, I, it's like very top heavy in terms of prize pools. Sure, like, sure. So I think that that stuff like this is what makes it more. It, it it opens the door for smaller orgs or less top, like not top five teams, to be able to live off of esports and maybe potentially become top five teams. So I think hmm. that that's why it's really good. Yeah, and when you're talking about that uncertainty that a lot of players feel, it's nice that they're getting some certainty in the form of outside investors because that uncertainty is coming from a kind of, at least for now, a lack of support system from the publisher. We don't have like an official blizzard league. There isn't an LCS for overwatch, but Mm -hmm. if you get these investors coming in from behind, you get some sort of sense that something's going to happen and you've got the money to, to back it up in case it doesn't. Yeah. And I I can definitely feel, I can definitely vouch for that feeling of not wanting to, jump fully into esports because i i fall into that age group same age group as flame and i kind of have the opportunity to do the do the writing thing full-time but i'm i'm not gonna do it yet because it's hard to turn down like a stable job with a 401k and i live in california it's really expensive that sort of thing yeah i mean in the the end you have you know in the end you have to live of course Um, i think the one thing actually i don't know i mean to cut you off but I think the one thing that makes this more interesting to me is that not only the timing, like it's, e about to wrap up, 
but also the fact Team Liquid doesn't really have, um, I don't know how to put this, but I would say like it's interesting that they pick up Dignitas and Liquid in a time where both of them have Overwatch teams. Like I'm not sure how the CSGO scene is, or like well, I don't think this is I mean, Legal Legends. Doing, you know? CS, yeah. Legal Legends CSGO is obviously having a big yeah, impact, but, more of yeah. an impact than Overwatch. Are, are Dignitas and Liquid good in League of Legends? Uh, they're in I know there. They've been least, in it for a while. Yeah, I mean that's that's a big. At least that's a big part, and especially having some kind of influ- having some kind of uh, uh, placement in all in all for the big esports too is a, is a huge thing. So um, that that you know that's one of the biggest things. They always have brands that have been around forever. I mean, Team Liquid, both of these, these are two brands that are two of the biggest ones that that have the longest standing. Oh, yeah, Diggins has been around forever. Yeah, so yeah. it's Team Liquid, like Victor. Yeah, and Zoe, yeah, you know. yeah, just a it's long, insane. long time. So, but um, I kind of fall somewhere in between both of you guys. I think, I think it's kind of still a little bit of a wait and see because you know there is a lot of money coming into it and a lot of big names, but you know we're still not to the point where I feel like we're making that money quite yet. You know uh, that that really you know that we see with other sports, even just like low tier sports. Again, you know, hopefully getting closer to that, but not I don't think we're there yet, just in terms of sponsors yeah, and right, everything. Right now it seems so. like the the path to let's call it a six figure salary um in esports is be a streamer and be a yeah. damn good one. That's right. Yeah, that's 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 right. And we're we're trying to get you know, we're trying to get to the point where all the players are going to be making it, much less the the actual teams themselves. And, you know, with the teams, like the 76ers, they're probably going to be taking a loss on this for a little bit, you know, by at least a certain amount of time. And then, but they're they're playing the long, you know, just the yeah. long play, which is going to be, you know, esports really exploding. And this kind of money, I think where the money is the most important for, in my opinion, is for marketing. Like really building up like brands for players, team brands, uh, you know, just having that just commercials for esports nonstop during on Sundays and Saturdays, you know, during mm-hmm. athletics. We saw Overwatch being promoted during the NBA Finals, I, I think it was. I mean, oh, yeah, I, I that think that helped quite always. a bit too. That, that helped expose uh, Overwatch quite a bit. And now that's on E League, and you know, Turner has the NBA kind of sister show kind of thing going on too within you know uh, um, inside the NBA. So it, it's there's a lot of that that synergy that that can make esports mainstream like super like big time mainstream and this kind of money i think allows for that to happen and uh, speaking of mainstream i think we accidentally skipped over it but team like yeah team, so we're going to talk about that you team. mentioned so the next Liquid. one is team yeah, okay. yeah so the next yeah, uh, the the thing that was announced today was that um team liquid was purchased by a couple of a couple of guys, yeah. So owners from uh, other NBA teams, the the Golden State Warriors, which uh, was a championship team the like last year, not this year, and then the Washington Wizards plus Magic Johnson, who is another NBA legend, one of the you know one of the top players of all time. So uh, a huge business per- businessman too. So this is, this yeah. is not just like oh Shaq's in it and Rick Fox is in it, and, you know, and Mark Cuban. No, no, this is this is a smart decision. I mean, obviously some due diligence went into this too. <laughs> it is kind of interesting yeah. that we've now got two separate uh, investor groups with former NBA, NBA stars and one just straight up NBA star with Rick Fox yeah. uh, involved in it. And I think there's a current Celtics player that bought some Dota team. I don't remember his name, but um, I I thought that I thought that oh. was very interesting. And it is like straight up the NBA that is interesting. Out yeah, of all the yeah. sports. And it, it doesn't surprise me because guys like. Um, 
uh, uh, Morey, you know, from the Houston Rockets general manager. I mean, yeah, they've been, Daryl they've been Morey. Tout- Daryl Morey and, and Cuban, they, they've been touting, like, uh, eSports for the last two or three years now. Morey might maybe even, like, last four years or so. But mm. it doesn't surprise me it's this space that's really kicking in. And, you know, you have guys like me. I mean, I think Shaq's engaged a little bit more than maybe we even think. But look at Rick Fox, dude. Rick Fox is fully engaged in Echo Fox. Like this yeah, is yeah. his thing now, like his full time job now, and and he's you know he's not one of those silent investors. He's like fully involved with it. And can you imagine if like Shaq's like that and and Magic's like Ima- that? Yeah, like Shaq, and, I mean, Shaq that'd be crazy. Getting, or Magic like, getting into it with Shaq and uh, Rick Fox on Twitter that'd be hilarious. Yeah, I mean, I mean the way I see it, I think it's like these play a lot. Like Magic Johnson retired, Shaq's retired. Like they have time now. You know, they have kids. I would imagine uh, kids are into video games. That, I think that was Rick Fox's motivation. His son was really into Counter Strike. Yeah. Yeah. So like it's it's like a it's like a weird supporting your kids' dreams kind of like mentality, and it's also just I think it's something to do. You know, like it's it, I think it's interesting that it's basketball, but it's not that surprising to me because I would if I was going to consider esports a sport like a traditional sport, it would be a winter sport. So, um, oh, sport really? Why? Yeah, because it's like more indoors, you know, like esports. Uh, is indoors. Yeah. So, yeah. like, why do you, why do you, gonna, why do you think? Uh, why do you think Sweden's so good at FPSs? Well, Sweden's think about it. Right? If you were gonna, if you were gonna okay. buy a team, right? If you were gonna okay. do an, if you were gonna do a tournament, this is yeah. and this is like if you had to play a LAN and you, it's like, oh, we're playing the 76ers Overwatch team versus the Wizards Overwatch team. Like you wouldn't do it in an outdoor football or soccer stadium. You do it in a basketball arena. So like, it makes oh, sense to me on that. To ESL one, man. Yeah. Yes. Well, ESL one was in a yeah, I saw that, but I, I didn't like the outside. I didn't like the outdoor, <laughs> but like, I would definitely be down for more Dota key arena kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, and okay. also the, the NBA is kind of known, um, as being the, one of the three, ma- the, the one of the four major sports that is, I guess, most future facing. They they're global. more up on the anal. Yeah, they're more global. They're more engaged on social media. They're more into um, advanced practice techniques and metrics. So that mm-hmm. that kind of makes sense in that regard too. They're also better behaved. I don't know if that's like a statistic, <laughs> but I feel like you never hear like. like- you don't really hear bad stories. Yeah, they're not really. You don't well, really hear a lot of NFL scandals. You don't really hear that many NBA. There, there's history. there's like triple the amount of NFL players for one thing. And the other thing is, have you heard anything about the Derrick Rose case lately? Holy crap! No, yeah, no, I actually mean, I haven't. That's, yeah, I haven't uh, either. So like, yeah, let's, have to look <laughs> so, like <laughs> so that speaks to that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. That's I guess my point. But the other thing is, um, I don't, I feel like I mean basketball gambling is a thing, but it's not as mainstream as yeah, other ones too if you're an, or if you're a if you're like oh, a yeah. esports game creator you don't really want your stuff associated with alcohol i mean i don't see many nba commercials in general because it's only one season like people hype football the entire year you don't really hear a lot of football until like the end yeah. of march or maybe through nba finals. people also take fantasy football way more seriously yeah. than any other fantasy exactly sport. so i think that i think i think if you're gonna pick a sport to back esports like basketball is probably the best in terms of just random credentials that you can throw in there. Someone also made a really silly point that basketball has five players. League of Legends has five players. Easy. (laughs) Well, it's less, if you think about it from a logistics standpoint, it's, um, it's a little, it's more even, right? Like you consider you have your team practices. It's only you're booking things for five people, five people flights, like five people houses, whatever, whatever the teams have to do. 
Like I'm just <laughs> I'm just throwing in more random things into yeah. this pot. I don't really have know anything to do with esports, but I'm saying I just think it makes right. sense and it seems logistically um it, it makes logistical sense to me that basketball yeah. is the sport. Alright, I, I gotta drop my one conspiracy theory about this. And I, I posted this in the di- in Discord earlier, but so we now have two investment groups with former NBA stars. Another NBA star owns it. Uh Envious has made a practice facility in Charlotte, North Carolina. They're housing oh, all their MJ? teams. You know who team. owns the Charlotte Hornets? Michael. The NBA team, Michael Jordan. I, I sent that to Lake today. Like, is Michael Jordan <laughs> to the complexity guys? But could be, could be. I mean, and I could not think be of a better team. a better investor into complexity. <laughs> I mean, knowing Michael, Michael. I mean, for those that don't know basketball, My, Michael Jordan obviously is. Arguably the greatest player ever to play basketball. In my eyes, he's the greatest player, but um, he's super competitive too, and he's super competitive with his colleague or his, you know, his peers during that time. Like if Charles Barkley owned a on owned a owned a team, like Michael Jordan would definitely be jumping. He'd into like sign like up the next day. <laughs> yeah, there's <laughs> a lot of there's a lot yeah. of bad blood in the old. Oh, yeah. and also it's Michael so Jordan bad. loves gambling. Yeah, he loves. So there's that too. aspect yeah, too. That's true. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Michael hopping in at, at some point. But Michael is a very hands-on team owner right now too, like with with Charlotte uh, versus some of these other guys. So I don't. He could be just too, too busy with that to even, you know, really have a hands-on. Uh, now I'm, now I'm imagining him being hands-on with Complexity's Overwatch team, like <laughs> challenging Harblue to a Roadhog hook off or something. <laughs> That's the kind of thing he would do, but he—I I don't think Michael's very good at video games. But you know, I don't think I'm going out on a limb by probably saying. Yeah. That. <laughs> I, I, don't I don't think that think this is the end of it. I guess is more. I yeah. Guess, oh, no, I, I think this I is the beginning. This is the, end. End. This is the yeah. beginning, and I, I think it's great. It's good. It's great to see all these team owners that have, you know, invested their their time and lives and and all that money, for for the most part for passion and, and supporting the players and really developing this this space. Finally, get. You know, like just have the support that they're they're getting now. Uh, it's good to see, and hopefully we'll see some more. There's some other other teams. There's plenty of teams still left uh, you know, to to get. There were back there were more them. teams, and there or there were more. This was, like, I think, I mean, just from a specific Overwatch perspective, there were more orgs looking to get Overwatch teams, and there were good teams for the orgs. And I don't think that that ever really happens, or that hasn't happened in any other sports or esports rather. That's so surprising like, um, too, because there's there's so many players. Like we still haven't seen the end of new teams popping up in Overwatch. With so I know, and there's still so there. many good sponsors to go grab. Exactly. Like, it's not, like, other esports yeah, where we missing, they don't want in. Yeah, we're missing like TSM. We're missing EG. I don't know that EG is actually interested, but obviously TSM was at one point. Yeah, I mean, it makes you, EG yeah, is it owned makes, by Twitch now, right? So I mean, yeah, that's like it makes Amazon you wonder what teams want to get mm-hmm. what. Existing esports teams want to get into Overwatch, and then what existing, I guess, NBA franchises want to buy esports teams, and who's for sale and who's not? It's yeah. it's it's an exciting time, guys. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if like guys like Paul Allen would get into this too. Like, it sounds like something. Oh, he would, he'd be all over he would that, totally yeah. be in it. Paul Allen, for those of you who don't know, he owns a football team and a basketball team. The, the, and then, the then we'd have the, the, the liquid versus whoever Paul Allen buys rivalry with the Clippers and the Warriors. Yeah, exactly. Could get be. all California out here. It could be. Yeah, definitely cool. Get um, some random Jerry Jones money in there. <laughs> oh, that's true. That. Yeah, that's a, that's a <laughs> He's got so much money. He's got to find it, the people. I mean, he's America's in Dallas. Right? Team. It's like yeah. Cubans in it. So, um, 
All right. Well, yeah. uh, why don't we, before we move on, I just wanted to give a shout out to um, uh, just some of the folks that are on iTunes that listen to the, the podcast. Uh, FB Spaz, uh, thanks so much for the review and the five stars. It really helps helps out in terms of people finding the overview whenever folks are trying to find Overwatch podcasts. So if you do want to help out the show, you do enjoy the show and you do listen to it on iTunes or even uh, Google uh, Podcasts or Google Music, uh, you can leave a nice review. And again, it really, really helps out a bunch. Okay, so esports events. Uh, let's talk about the Overwatch World Cup. 16 teams are uh, pretty much set for for BlizzCon, at least the the week, first week leading into BlizzCon. Uh, they had the qualifiers that were, were played, some of the EU qualifiers, and I believe South America, I think were... There, there were a few qualifiers, even in North America. The U.S. team didn't play. The Canadian team didn't play. But um, they, they finished that, and obviously we have 16 teams now. So kind of want to get your thoughts. What do you guys think? Actually, I haven't even heard you guys' opinions on just the event. What do you guys think of the event? And what do you guys think of the teams that, that are set to play? I mean, it's exciting. Uh, I think for everyone involved, it's exciting. And I think that that's what makes it interesting is that no matter what, no matter who you are, you have a team to root for. And no matter what country, I guess, or region you're from, you have a team to root for. And I like that about it. Um, I mean, it has its issues, right? Like, there was a lot of, there's a lot of gaps, I think, in skill between some of the teams just as a result of bizarro rule sets or just like the way it, the, but the way popularity. things were done it's I like guess. popularity content. well it's popularity for some teams yeah. and other teams it's like there's a lot of skill on some of these teams and then there's like china which just threw in their entire it seemed like they didn't they didn't do enough due diligence on who they nominated initially but i also think there were just so many players to sort through that it may not have been possible did they nominate but, and, i thought they were taking open nominations no no, no, no. So there was like a starting list that Blizzard generated oh, from community, from ladder, from. It was uh, handpicked. Like it was completely Blizzard yeah. handpicked. It was just yeah. Blizzard picked it, and then the community voted. I see. Uh, well, the community voted what? They voted in the captain, and then the captain yeah. picked two. No, no, no they voted, voted in the top three. The they, put, they voted top in four. the top. They voted in the top four, and then yeah. no, top the three, captain yeah. was the person with the yeah. most votes, and then the person who had the most votes got to pick the last two teammates. And it worked out in some countries' favor, and it like blew up in a couple other countries' faces. God, no, I, don't, I don't really, yeah, I don't really want to call out anybody, but I guess <laughs> my point being that when you look at some of the rosters. It, it is how it is what it is, you know. Like if you're in the World Cup for anything, like a normal World, not World Cup for uh, like Olympics. Like let's compare this to the Olympics. Some countries just don't have the population or the skill for some sports, you know, and you get screwed that way. And I think that some of the players felt that way, um, which is fine. I mean, that's that's sports. That's going to be esports. If you like, I know Benelux didn't feel like they were doing too well. Like they were at a disadvantage in terms of their skill, but. You got a chance to play. Yeah, you were born and you were born where you were born, and there's nothing to do about that. Like, get <laughs> yeah, so right. that's kind of where I go. I, I like how it's set up. I just I feel like there's a lot of discrepancy in skill level, and there's going to be some blowouts as a result. And I don't think a lot of people like to watch blowouts. Um, well, I got a chance to cast actually with Jason Kaplan. Oh yeah, yeah, that's one right. of the days, yeah. which was nice. One of my first, or one of my first, I guess. Wait, big which one was it? Was it the Turkey game? The it was Germany? Europe, but I think it was. Germany, I don't Turkey? see any of the teams. No, it was oh. way lower. Oh, it way was, lower. Okay. It was like Austria versus someone. I don't remember. Mm, okay. But um, 
point being that some of the matches were very one-sided and I think that some of the matches will continue to be very one-sided. And I think that that's more or less my scare if I'm watching. I, it. I think once we get into yeah. maybe, maybe top eight, probably top four, it'll get pretty heated. Oh yeah. Main event will be very hype. That, that's all mean, that matters. Yeah. Like all yeah. that matters is what's actually at BlizzCon on stage is something that shows high quality overwatch or at least competitive overwatch because if it's not if it's just like a stomping or you know it's it's like a pub game that's not going to come off very well even though this is supposed to be this isn't like a a, an implementation of world cup this is more all-star than than world cup uh it's supposed to be kind of this fun event versus yeah wait this is basically their version of the all-star game because now the the baseball all-star game has people voted in so it's basketball right yeah, pretty so, much. Yeah, this, it, is it, this is essentially the same thing because it's a popularity. Unless you're China, and that's I guess you know. Unless yeah, <laughs> you're China, that's where I throw, that's where I throw in some. That's where I throw some shade at this event because there's some. If China well, goes up against a country that I don't know how good the Asian well, scene is, like sometimes they look really we're good. We're gonna see. That that's what's cool. You know? That's what I'm excited, dude. I that's the yeah. part I'm most excited about is actually seeing hope, that Chinese yeah, team I hope go they against put, Sweden. I hope they put Sweden and China on opposite sides of the bracket because. Sweden isn't a, isn't like they're not all on the same team, but there was literally no bad option on Team Sweden to nominate from. <laughs> it true. didn't matter who got chosen; it was going to be busted. I so I, I, be if I had to predict the final, it'd be Sweden plus someone, maybe China, because uh, they got Sweden, the team. If Sweden loses, it'll be a massive upset. I mean, Finland looks Look pretty at that good team. too. That team is disgusting. Yeah, fin- <laughs> Finland is <laughs> Nip plus what? It's it's three three nit players it's plus time plus and yeah it's envy and that's pretty strong yeah yeah Finland looks good Russia looks all right there were yeah, there was yeah, a lot Germany's of Germany's um, okay too actually there's a lot of, there's a lot of teams to watch and I think USA looks really strong too yeah like regardless of how you look at it so it'll be good it's just I wonder how much the synergy is going to come into play this game is very much about in game leadership and like I'd, comboing and stuff like that like you would expect china to do well just based off the fact they're gonna have been playing together for how long well, but yeah maybe that yeah. team wants to break up you know that happens maybe that team doesn't oh like each gosh, other we, by the time they're not allowed to break up what do you that's mean true. that's what i'm saying they're not allowed so you could just oh i see it's a time mean. bomb that's being thing. forced okay i see like so as much as i'm hyping china maybe they're gonna blow themselves up you know i don't know stuff like that no can happen I think, if anything, I, I feel like this might be the stage that they want to to show, like introduce Asian, you know, just Asian Overwatch to the. You well, know, there's that tournament over coming up, right? Yeah, there's um, yeah. the. Oh yeah, the, the one they were in China. Yeah, but there's only two teams going over there, so that's not. Yeah, but two two, two NA there. teams. Yeah, two NA. Yeah. Teams. We get to see the rest of the Asian teams. Isn't yeah. reunited? Well, no, no sorry, sorry, I meant, no, I meant no. West Western teams. No, West, sorry. Well, yeah, reunited and Rogue and. Oh, it is. No, 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 it's, no, it's Rogue. It's Rogue, Rogue, Rogue Energy. Rogue Energy. Yeah, Energy. Yeah. yeah. It's two good representatives, but it's, I mean, it's pretty good, right? Yeah. I mean, if, if they get handled easily, then exactly. that says a exactly. lot. Exactly. That's going to say a yeah, lot. If Rogue, right? if Rogue or Energy gets, you have to be like thinking to yourself, like, these teams are good. Oh, they're yeah, coming. we have to be really no worse. Question. No question they're coming. So it's, it's, it's a matter of getting prepared for that and... You know, when we start inter- when, when, once we start seeing fully global events uh, being being run, that's going to be really really cool. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. so Jason's going to be over there. That's one of the things people might be wondering where Jason is. Uh, Jason's getting ready for that, and he still has no internet at home. So that's we're still trying to figure that out with him being on the show and whatnot. But he's going to be gone for a couple of weeks casting that over there. So uh, he'll, I hope he'll the feel times are back. reasonable. 
well, it's going to be 12 hours difference. So I, I don't know if it's going to maybe not. Yeah. It might be better for you. It's going to be full 12 for me though. Over here. It's going to be tough. Uh, okay. Well, why don't we talk about the big one, which is the overwatch open. Uh, it's in full scale halfway through de- determining who the, the grand finals are going to be with, uh, you know, just I guess spoiler envious are already nabbing up the NA spot for the grand finals. That is going to happen on Friday. Uh, on TBS, on TV, so it's going to be the first Overwatch um, event. Isn't it Thursday? Is it Thursday? I thought it was Thursday. Oh, am I, have I got it wrong? I, I might have it wrong. Yeah, I, it might I, be Thursday. I could be wrong, too. It might, it might be Thursday. I, <laughs> it's the 28th, I believe? No, no, 28th is tomorrow. 29th. No, I think it, I thought it was on Friday. I, I, I thought it was, I, it was really I, weird. I could be wrong, man. Don't, okay. Yeah, don't let me, yeah, don't think, let me interrupt <laughs> yeah. It well, matter. well there were two day, there were two days for NA, right? So there's gonna be two days for yeah. you, I believe. And then and then there'll be one on Friday. So uh that's a big that's a big deal, obviously. Three hundred K for prize pool on TV. That studio looks crazy, but let's talk about the um actually let me move this to the first bullet to the end. Let's talk about the NA results. So um, Are you moved? Yeah, that's, um, that's awesome. I was gonna say d- despite the expected team winning, um there was still a bit of uh a bit of upsets, a bit of hype. Mm-hmm. The the group stages kind of lived up to uh, the excitement. I don't know. What do you think? Um, I had a hard time, I guess. I mean, I've been doing VODs, right? Everyone watches. Or a lot of people have been watching me do VODs. And I think one thing that's not consistent enough for me is the maps. Um, it winds up becoming like there's bands and stuff going on between the teams. But you wind up with matches that I think are completely based on the map pool, which is probably fine in some regards. But um, you can force the map drafts in certain ways based on how you start banning. Like if one team starts banning 2CP, you start immediately thinking they don't want 2CP. And it creates like this thought process in your head of, oh, I'm not going to ban 2CP. So then maybe they're like, I don't want to play payload. So then one team is just constantly banning payload and one's constantly banning 2CP. And you wind up in this weird mix where maps, it becomes very one-dimensional in terms of the maps that get played. And you'll wind up with a best of three where it's two control maps or a best of five where it's three control maps. And stuff like that, I think, skews outcomes in such a way that almost hmm. ruins... Yeah, yeah. It doesn't. It ruins the hype for me personally because... Because you can um, see that you can see what was going on behind the scenes, and or you, yeah, and you can it. just see what's you can, you can just tell see what's, what's about wrong. to happen too. Yeah, right? you can tell you can see what's wrong, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, for me, the biggest story was Liquid um, and NRG. The two of them, it came down. I thought, I thought Liquid. I don't know. There was a weird dynamic in this bracket where they did four team groups, and it wound up with rematches twice. <laughs> yeah, and the and the upsets kind of got thrown out the window. Or what yeah, you the, lo- the losers won the next day, right? So, yeah, like you had to yeah. upset twice, which I didn't like. Um, I would have preferred like an eight team bracket. I don't want to go into that, but point well, being, let's just talk that, about let's just talk about method upset Cloud Nine two one. Yes, uh, well, I, not only that, yeah, um, and then uh, and I think that that was cool, and I thought that C nine could have probably beaten any other team in that bracket regardless but or even on the other side they probably could have taken maps it would have been a good match against Fnatic. it would have been a good match with yeah um, I, I thought it was a right. bit of a shame that cloud nine never got to play Fnatic because i think neither of them was really going to take envy but the two of them seemed more Pretty evenly even. matched yeah yeah so 
I think that it was bizarre. It was just weird to me that that happened. And I, I was a little upset by liquid because I felt like liquid played super well on day one, mm-hmm. yeah. but then they lost in overtime in like a Volskaya or not a Volskaya, uh, Nepal best of three at the end of a Hollywood yeah, tie it, or something. It, it was down, really weird. It came down to a tiebreaker. So whoever won, like nothing, but up until that last King of the Hill match, match, it was like yeah, the so third was, map of the tiebreaker. It was really anticlimactic to me in that regard because I felt like Liquid could have put up a really good... What would you like vote. to have done then? I mean, it was basically I don't know. Tie. I would have rather a normal like a tie, like, double right? elimination 18 bracket, but I don't know if they had time for that, and that's probably why. Yeah. But um, I, I just felt bad for Liquid, and I wanted to see more Liquid, and I think that that was my, <laughs> one of my gripes. <laughs> but I also felt like some of the map, like back to the map pool thing, when I watched Fnatic versus Envy... I felt like Envy was beatable the entire tournament, you know? Um, yeah, didn't I think both Cloud9 and Fnatic took a map off? Yeah, no, well, a- they played. They had played Liquid, I think, or it, it was Liquid, right, in the upper bracket finals, and Liquid looked really good, you know? Like, Liquid looked yeah. like they could take maps off them. They lost by, like, one or two fights, and Envy didn't seem like the dominant powerhouse that people thought that they might have been after the end, you know? So, um, really? I, I thought they looked a little bit better than they've been. Well, so, like, C9 didn't look super strong, right? But C9 came in swinging against Envy. Like, the C9 matches, they were, they got 3-0'd or 2-0'd, but it was, they were very close games, and C9 by no means got blown out of the water. True, that's true. So, and even Liquid. Liquid did not get blown out of the water at all. And then I felt like Fnatic looked so good but it went down to three Koth maps or control maps. Yeah, but I feel like if it had gone to maybe more payload side or maybe like a two CP instead of three uh, controls, maybe Fnatic could have put up a better fight than that three one ending that they had. Did, so, it, did it feel like to you that MVS needs to kind of get hit in the mouth first before they start really showing up? Because that, that Fnatic match where they full held them on King's Row, that seemed like it came out of nowhere to me. And then Envious just schooled them on the next three maps. Well, they so, did. I wouldn't really consider it a school, though. Like, I think they won Dorado, right? It was second map was Dorado, and then it went to Nepal. Yeah. And then they did two King of the Hill in a row. Yeah, but the King of the Hill, like, the first map was 99 to 99. Yeah, it was really so, close in the first one. In a row, and then the second one, I think there was only one 99 to zero or something. So Fnatic played so super well, and I, I felt like Envious looked beatable. So I think if I'm them, I'm a little scared of the European teams from next week. But... My point being, I guess, more or less that towards the end, it felt like there were only so many really close or watchable games at the end of it because of the way the maps went down. I don't know. Yeah. For me, for me, um, it was a little bit about... kind. Of, I kind of noticed the same thing as Flame where the map draft kind of determined uh, the outcome. And you can, you can look at Cloud9 versus Method for that in particular because yeah. <laughs> the first match they played, Method got their King of the Hill maps yeah. and... Uh, just destroyed Cloud Nine on them, and, met, and Cloud Nine's known to be like your 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 deathmatch guys. Like they own King of the Hill usually. And then the next the next day, Cloud Nine got zero King of the Hill match maps against them, beat them, and uh, I guess just wanted to stay close. away from Method on cost. It was still close. I mean that last game. Oh yeah, it was close. Was, I mean the last game wasn't that close, but the I mean it was still a two one series, which uh, even given that they they weren't their 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 best maps still tight so met i mean method has been on the rise now for the last last month yeah i've had two they, they solid, produced a lot of yeah. they produced a lot of really hype moments like mm-hmm. i everyone was going nuts when ultimate web uh hit his <laughs> yeah, his, yeah. his fair rocket into the chandelier and everyone's like chandelier plays for cloud nine oh my god <laughs> he just threw the game and then he swaps to genji and wins 
that was I think that may have been the the <laughs> most crazy moment. Yeah. That was That team that team was no slouch though. I mean, people hadn't heard of them, but that one shot team has been together for so long, like almost as long as C9, to be honest with you. Like they were Google me. And in that same time, I'm pretty sure one shot was also still a team. So yeah. it took them a little while to figure out what they were doing. I think Snow's a recent addition. And he yeah, played, also he Snow, played, Snow, well. he played Snow on land, well. man. Snow on land. Because he plays from Brazil, so he's always playing with a bit of latency. Oh, that's so a good point. Him, have, him having the, the zero latency and adjusting to that, it seems like he – I mean, he was, he was the thing – that he and Ultimate Web were just the two things that were destroying Cloud9 on the King of the Hill matches. Yeah, yeah for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, well, uh, NA, so obviously Envy's moving on forward. Why don't we talk about EU a little bit since it's coming up uh, the next couple days. And all right, let's talk about Group A first here. Got reunited Nip, T- uh, Dignitas, and FaZe. This is a good group. <laughs> this is going to be a pretty competitive, highly competitive group. What do you guys think? Um, I mean, if you want straight predictions, I think Reunited and Nip get out. Um, FaZe has their work cut out for them. I'm, I'm more interested to see how the meta evolves on this side of the um, brackets because yeah. Europeans have been running more 4-2, just straight tank comps. They haven't been running the May Reaper Zarya stuff that you're seeing out of the Americans right now or the North Americans, rather. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it could turn into a different game, like a completely different game altogether where teams are trying to play 2CP and they're trying to play Payload because they're so confident in their... Um, tank comps, but maybe they'll all evolve over back to the North American side. I don't know if the North Americans are more ahead or which head. I think that they're both completely <laughs> valid strategies. It's just um, like Nip's very known for their tank heavy style. Reunited has shown that they can play the tank. They can play the like Genji Winston Tracer stuff very well. But I feel like in a straight head-to-head competition, I would expect Ninjas in Pajamas to deal with FaZe and Dignitas well and i would expect reunited the same thing so as far as escaping that bracket there could be an upset but you have to upset a team twice you know so yeah yeah i'm I'm definitely with flame on this one uh nip has had phase in their back pocket Mm -hmm. or at least anyone that's played the the triple tank or the four two uh lineup that nip kind of coined um has pretty much had their way with phase uh It'll be interesting to see who who wins this initial matchup of Reunited versus Nip because I believe they split sets in the Lenovo Cup. Uh, Reunite and beat them first, and then uh, Nip 3 0 them in the finals, including what was it? Is uh, Nimbani offense or defense where they didn't die once? It was, Nip, it was. Well, Nip has like a god. Wow. Nip's strategy is really? ridiculously good on Nimbani. They have like a Winston, a Reinhardt, a Zarya, and like I think it's a Roadhog or something, and they all just sit on the cart and get Anna nukes, and it's like you have <laughs> the cart healing you, a Lucio healing you, it's and Anna healing you. You have the Roadhog that can heal himself, and then you have like it's it's actually insane healing. So it's super hard to break their offense. Don't give them Nimbani. No one's giving them Nimbani this weekend. I would yeah. expect. But um, as far as Phase actually. One thing I want to point out is that their team generally plays with massive ping disadvantage just amongst their players because they have half their team from North America, half of them from uh, Eastern uh, Europe. Yeah, that's a really good point. And so I would expect them to do better than normal, but um, for them to upset Nip or Reunite would be a huge feat, but I wouldn't count them out. I think Dignitas has looked pretty down recent in recent times, at least. Like They looked really strong before when they were creation, but they've been having trouble with the past few patches. I would compare them to like C9 in terms of results coming into this event where they kind yeah, of underperform when you expect like them some, to perform. It's almost like some of their heroes or yeah, some of their players hero pools are out of the meta right now. 
Like, I think you can kind of make the comparison between Linkster and Reaver and their Widowmakers, that sort of thing. Yeah. 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 So, I, yeah. okay. So, Arena and Nip. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think I'm going to actually agree with you guys, too. I, I, I've, part of me is like wants to root for FaZe, though. No, I, I definitely want to root for FaZe, and maybe they might. Maybe they might get the maps they want because they're dangerous. On they're in the wrong group. If they were in the other group, they'd be so much better. I just feel like this particular. This is a very group, stacked group. Yeah, this is, stacked this is a, just yeah. this group itself is the, tough. The silver lining to if Phase doesn't do well is uh, make sure you follow too easy on Twitter. <laughs> oh God! All right, <laughs> all right. Let's look at Group B. So we got Rogue, Anox, Misfits, and Luminosity. I gotta go with Rogue and Misfits yeah, on this. That's I think. what I was thinking too. It's pretty. I heard that clear. I, I heard from Cloud Nine that Method was scrimming with Misfits and Method overperformed at land. So maybe there's something to Misfits, and they've been. I mean, they've been playing well lately too. I think. I, I don't have anything to back any anything I can remember in particular to back that up. Though. I mean, you expect Rogue to get out, but I would say the rest of these three teams are pretty even. I mean, LG has been doing more. They're just doing well. Teams didn't expect them to come in so hot. Like, um, when they got sponsored by LG, people were like, who are they? Who is this team? And then they started performing super well. Um, I don't know if Misfits has stand-ins. I think that this was the team with stand-ins. I think when I predated weeks ago... No, it's, I had it's Nip, isn't it? No. Seda. No. No, I think it's... I think- I think, it's Misfits. I think it's Misfits, too. I think when I made my preds like last week, it was Rogue Anox I had coming up just because Misfits had stand-ins and I didn't see LG with like, some Cinderella I story. I had about that. Yeah, that's so true. I'm expecting Rogue and Anox to make it out. Anox has been playing super well, too, but like Rogue's coming off their win at ESL Atlantic Showdown. You expect them to just keep doing what they're doing. Um, yeah, still, I mean, but again, I think that this best land team right now. We haven't think, seen, have we seen Anox on a land yet? Did they play at Gamescom? I don't know. I don't remember. I don't, I don't remember, remember seeing Anox there. Yeah. But my, I guess one thing that's interesting too is back to the maps. Every like the different map settings have different styles that you can play on them. Like you don't want to run quad tank on Koth nine times out of ten. Right. So if you're like if you're phase, if you can get some good maps where the Genji will work, you'll get Shadowburn his kills. Like they can upset teams. Like I think that the map drafts are becoming very important in these wins and i like upsets are going to happen just <laughs> teams just specializing in certain types yes of because there's so many every hero is pretty strong right now like there's not any weak heroes like you saw time and you saw IDDQD running the mccree and mccree's been kind of out of you haven't seen mccree for a couple of weeks now but mm-hmm. when they came back on them like they did really well you saw a couple of genjis this week do really well you saw farah do well like it's everything is good you can throw in yeah you can throw in anything because <laughs> nano boost will make any hero better you know is that really the so, reason though i mean it, well like, it's a good reason right yeah. i mean it's not the it's not the only reason but it is a reason yeah um, i mean i was gonna say like i feel like the, the meta is in a great spot outside of the whole anna being overpowered but um yeah. i just feel like it's great to see so many different characters this is kind of like what they were striving for from the beginning I, I can tell you it's definitely better at this land than it has been um in the past like couple gosu gamers those ones are a bit like everyone's just playing the the tank thing because that's all they know. They just copy the better team. <laughs> yeah. But one thing I want to say is that I was kind of sick of Zenyatta meta, and I didn't ever enjoy watching Mercy meta. So like, while Anna's super powerful, I don't. It's not the end of the world. It's just it is super powerful. It's well, almost yeah. too powerful, yeah. but it's. It, it I'd will, rather it. 
it's one of those things where we just don't want to see the same thing over and over and over again. Mm. Like, I think you would probably be even okay if, like, like with, like, Mercy, right? If it didn't happen every single time and the reses were just happening nonstop and, mm. and whatnot. So, uh, just as a spectator, it is good just to see different strategies on different maps. And it, that's why we need more map, but we need more game formats, or at least map formats, uh, that are beyond just King of the Hill and, and Payload. And Maybe more map soon. formats, but less less map in the actual tournament because if you ask if you ask these players okay. to have to know every know like 20 maps inside and out we're only at what 12 or something at 12 they're getting stressed out and not like obviously oh, yeah, yeah 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 they, so, they, they need to retire maps just generally speaking i think even in the game like have them still available in custom but retire them even from the ladder map pool in my opinion yeah that'd be interesting kind of mm-hmm. like the the hearthstone standard thing or Stan- starcraft starcraft's done it forever now the so. map editor will come i'm sure it's just mm-hmm. yeah we, we need more time for that yeah for sure uh-huh. okay uh well let's talk about um now that we're talking done with uh talking about just the the play itself and predictions why don't we give um a look at the production and just the the whole studios and the new cash, obviously a big deal was made with the, the talent that was there because it's not the, the Overwatch talent that we've seen uh, to date, except for like ZP and Rachel and, and Huck. Yeah, those are like the only three that we've seen. Um, but yeah, what do you guys think so far of just the production overall of E-League? The value was good. I mean, they got, it look, it was a very nice, well-ran event. Um, everything went on time. It was very easy to watch. I didn't feel like there was downtime where I was like, Oh my God! What am, what am I waiting for? There weren't many disconnects. There was like one disconnect that comes to mind, but I don't remember many issues from a technical standpoint. And usually, I mean, I, rem- I know that there have been events watch, but where like that happens, and I thought that it went very smoothly, which was nice. I, I'm actually going to hop in on the on the technical <coughs> thing. A lot of the players are complaining day one. Apparently, the on stage computers were not any good. Oh, they're saying that they're getting really? like under 120 fps but they i mean they they cleared it out after the first day they fit, mm. they swapped them out but I, that was that was the one the one thing that i heard yeah i mean i guess i just meant more from a viewer standpoint i'm sure that the player like there's always gonna be issues online someone's players are always not going to be happy about something yeah but, well the computer is a big deal computers being like bad or are definitely not a good deal well, they're rented, you know. So blame the you, who do you blame there? It's it's a weird question. No that's, idea. Yeah. Who sponsors. <laughs> exactly, don't want to call exactly. any sponsors. Exactly. Don't want to call yeah. sponsors. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah, but if you actually look at um, how the players have been reacting on Twitter to, I guess, E League in general, like I think I saw like uh, like ten, maybe maybe ten different players today tweet about how well they were treated and how accommodating E League was to them. So. Uh, the players definitely love it, minus the minor hiccup with. The yeah, I mean, you have to realize that it's not like they're doing. This isn't like a first-time event. Like they've done CS events a million times. Like they know what they're doing over there. They know how the player. Like they've gone yeah. through this problem. They've gone through anything that would have been a big problem with the CS:GO players already. So like we're yeah. getting the, the end product, which well, is nice, or it feels a lot better. I guess. Yeah, which is cool <laughs> because you're you're right. We're we're actually getting you know, just this, this very refined product, but with Overwatch. And that's what's so yeah. cool about this. It's like, we're actually, you know, by far, this is the, the best production we've seen for, for any Overwatch yep. event to date. And we're getting a chance to actually see Overwatch as an eSport, in my opinion. This is what it's going to look like 
at least something close. You know, there's obviously still some things to work on, but from the look standpoint, from this giant studio, and you got like the desk, right? This giant desk that has like LEDs like below it, and big old LEDs in the back, and and you know, obviously uh, Rach and and Huck and and ZP, you know, just dressed like analysts and hosts and everything. <laughs> I mean, th- this is this is what it's going to look like, and it looks good. Like yeah, I, I'm actually good. really excited, and and all the um, I mean, the things that I love the most that that I feel like just it's like another level and, and it really completes just the overall package it are things like the infographics like they kind of messed up on a few of them you know when they had like the rolls like totally messed up on some of the players those little symbols but they do have these infographics with the you know the players you know to the teams and they have like descriptions of each of the characters for folks that might not even know overwatch um lots of uh, re- replays or highlights you know especially when they're doing mm-hmm. the analysts that's that's huge and, and getting something that's like you know very that that's that's working really well that you know the analyst can actually just call out time um just timestamps or whatnot and they can actually bring them up for them and that's that seems to have been working quite smoothly where they tried at other events and it wasn't so much yeah um, we we actually saw like i guess a miniature version of that at the the esports arena of land we had like mm-hmm. we had shady infographics that i made we had replayed <laughs> right. we had some of the same casters and hosts but i think uh the 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 E League the E League broadcast is everything we dreamed Agents Rising would have been. <laughs> so <laughs> right. I, I right. I'm enjoying it. So one thing did you dream about? Did you dream about these player intros that we see here? These these uh oh my <laughs> these intros. So those we, are, that we also got watching. we got a shout out um we got a shout out Spazzo for collecting all of these in gift form. That's right. Us. Yeah yeah. Uh, you can check I made this. It, I made him give them to me for this. <laughs> so yeah this okay, let me, let me I think this is great because. Um, as you know, memes around the world and we have just from this one event, just completely redefined the meme meta in overwatch. And we haven't even seen the EU guys. I've heard, I've seen like teases of, I guess they made, uh, was it LG dance like monkeys? Um, Linkser is is hyping some random thing that he did, but Oh oh my God, these gifts are just amazing. Look at this. Oh, look at this. There's the best one with XD. Oh boy! Look at they get double time on them here. Yeah, he, he cut out just XC on that one. Yeah, and just yeah. Gregor. Yeah, Gregor. There we go. These are funny, man. But, I mean, but, you expected them, I guess, not to be as funny as they were, but just you expected the player intros. Like the yeah, fact course, that they had a media course. day was really good. It's just yeah. I felt like it was nice that they made it seem like more of a lax event for the players. Mm-hmm. Like they went there, they had fun. Like nobody was opposed to doing these crazy poses and these crazy hand gestures or whatever they were doing so it, it looks like they're all having a good time and it makes the event look like it was a very chill and like lax experience for everybody which i think adds to the just overall quality of the broadcast which was interesting to me best moment still is the veilfish handshake there that was oh my that, that was beautiful <laughs> oh my seagull God. man yeah. <laughs> although i think everyone was saying that was more on um i can't remember his name the, Malik. Malik, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. more. On Malik he, I don't, than I don't know. I watched it back, and it was. I think it was 100 percent Seagull's fault. But I, back to Malik, <laughs> yeah, I felt right. like he did such a great. Like I feel like he did a great job. Like I never heard of him. I think I pubbed with him yesterday on my alt account yeah. on accident. I like. He seems like uh, he fits the role very well, and he does a very good job of keeping them occupied. Like his questions were very good. None of them were awkward. It didn't like the players handled it well. The whole. Sometimes you see interviews, and they're pretty cringy. But I felt like 
they weren't cringy at all on E-League, and that was good. Yeah, with, with Malik, he, you could tell that he kind of knew the question, to, the answer to the question he was asking beforehand, which he, which meant that he'd researched it. Usually the awkward questions come, or the awkward answers and questions come from someone interviewing a player that they know absolutely nothing about. But yeah. Malik had done his research. I I liked it, but I, I still think that I think I, I'm, I thought there were some cringy moments with with Malik. Just to be honest, but I think um, like the first day, I thought he was just so so. Second day, I thought he was a lot better. Um, but yeah, well, the first consider day, the just... people that he's interviewing, man. Like I, I know, we're, we're, I know, we're a bunch there's... of basement dwellers over here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of them were rough, but I felt <laughs> like it was true. More, I felt like it, felt, it, it went with the theme of the goofy player intros. You know, like I feel like that whole thing went together. Okay, like, yeah, there, there was a there was a consistent theme, and that was nice. Oh, well, I mean, I definitely like Malik's. Like he has a different feel, you know, like compared to the other casters and compared to uh, just the, the just the desk, right? Malik has his own kind of personality and stuff, which is kind of cool yeah. with, with with the interviews, so that everything doesn't sound the same. Um, but yeah, so it, those were definitely good. What do you think about the casting? You know, we got we got Anders Assembler, obviously better known for CS:GO, or there's like the you know there's a dream team of the CS:GO. Yeah, um, I, I didn't I didn't know movie? who they were because really? I, okay. I don't. Well, I, yeah. I I come from Hearthstone. I never played shooters or paid attention to anything else so i i now know that they're you know quite well known and yes. i was i mean i i don't want to say pleasantly surprised because you'd almost expect it but um they did a really good job on the play-by-play um yeah. i i thought they did a besides a couple i guess like nitpicky things like missing uh some divas absorbing zarya alts at sometimes i think um <laughs> yeah i don't know i think flame flame's definitely more on the accurate accurate criticism side of things but just from a a casual listening they seem good to me yeah i mean similar message me on twitter actually like he dm me like during the week before e-league started and he said like oh i'm watching your bots like thank you so much for these they're helping me a lot and i felt awesome. like hesitant because i was watching like i've watched cs I'm, i've never been big into watching cs like i always watch dota i never watched league mm-hmm. but I, so i knew his voice and i knew how him and anders talked and it was really cool i guess to see them do it for overwatch um i mean the game knowledge wasn't super there yeah, but they didn't yeah, act like it was you know and I, I i really appreciated that that they kept it professional and they kept it within their realm to never say something that was wrong you know like yeah. they you could tell that they had done their research that they had played the game like that they had been watching overwatch at least in some form because i there was never a point during their casting where i was like what did they just say? Like that is completely wrong. Yeah, I think, <laughs> that, I think the I think the only wrong things they said was they would accidentally call an ability slightly different. Yeah, like, I, I mean that happens. I still say sticky bomb instead of pulse. <laughs> right, I still say black does. hole instead of graviton, right. like stuff like that. Right. Everybody um, that. But they, I felt like they did a. I feel like they took it in stride and they got better as it went and like i don't know it, it was good to see them be able to it was interesting because i felt like or from my perspective i've never like really casted professionally but i've casted before and to see someone just be able to switch games i think that that's like super interesting like i know people cast full time but to just jump from being like the best cs caster to just like oh i'm just gonna try overwatch today and suddenly you just like you do really well i think that that was cool to see that, yeah like, I mean, that's a yeah. thing that people can do that just shows you that they're 
there is a you know there, there's an art to casting you know there's an actual skill yeah. of casting that's not yeah. just knowledge of the game i mean it's, it's how you are able to frame things and how you're able to uh obviously speak and and react to things and like you said this is like probably the most uncomfortable their position they can be in as a caster not knowing the game as as thoroughly as they know cs and they can still make it sound very interesting and and great so uh I, you know i definitely appreciate that and seeing them you know in just in that position. And again, like this, this again puts over overwatch, I think in a position where you can actually see what it's like when you have uh, people who do this for a living, you know, it's casting it versus, you know, some of the guys, yeah. no, no thing against the guys who have casted overwatch to date, but you know, the guys that have casted overwatch to date hadn't necessarily casted other games um, outside of like, you can, Jason, you can name them on like one hand, right? Yeah. It's like CP hex, some other ghost gamers, people and well, Mitchie and uh, Jason Huck. and, and, <laughs> and yeah, and the ASL guy. Yeah, and you can tell the difference between the guys that have casted other games too, like Mitch, Mitchie and Jason and D-Man. I mean, you can tell they've casted other games. Um, mm-hmm. What did you guys think of? What did you guys think of Golden Boy and Mr. X? Um, I don't know. Day one, I was okay with it, I guess, or I was more okay. With it. I don't know. Like say, I was never okay with it. But um, towards the second day, I don't know who it was because I don't know their voices very well. But I felt like they were really uncomfortable day two, and I don't know why that was. There were a couple times where they like would forget alts like and names of heroes which i felt like was kind of basic and i thought that that was a little mm. um it wasn't good as far as from my perspective because i like really i don't know like i put a lot of time into the game so it was mm. kind of weird to see someone say like oh and this person jarring. yeah like at one point i don't like i don't want to harp on anything but there was like one point where it was like they couldn't name the hero and they couldn't name the alt at the same time but like you could hear them not be able to do it and i felt like that was a little like yeah upsetting that's... to me because there's like it's not the it's not that complex, I guess. <laughs> you yeah. know, so um, they're they're also they're also doing doing the background work and getting into it. I think Golden mm-hmm. Boy was asking how his how his broadcast was and how he could improve uh, in our Discord. Yeah, their so, voices were great, and they did yeah. a really good job of like handling the team fights, and they did a really good job of working off each other and their dynamics. I don't know if they worked together before or how much they worked together, but the casting duos did a really good job of just like keeping fluid conversation going. Yeah, and I thought that that was really. I mean, it's just—it's just nice. Like, it's nice to have. I like—I like the um, how they were kind of the the desk and the the casters were kind of throwing to each other, you know, and it, mm. it felt like because of the proximity or just how the casting area was just like two chairs, you know, that, like this little open circle thing versus like a desk that it felt. I don't know if it felt like it, it was just like an extension of the desk type of thing. Yes, so, and well, that's cool. Yeah, that goes, I like that goes that back to the studio, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I remember, like I know in TI they have like the casters like all the way on the floor, yeah, and the analysts like, are like up in the middle moved. of the stage, like yeah. up in the up in the audience somewhere, and like yeah. you don't get that dynamic of like, oh, you're right there, I can like talk to you face to face across the yeah. room. Yeah, or you can have like Rachel turn and say like, oh, let's go to the analyst desk, like you know. It, it facilitates it. It seems to facilitate it for everyone involved. It, fit, it felt like their whole theme of this is a very homey event in the sense of like you had the goofy anal- you had the goofy um, poses, you had the you had Malik with his interviews, you had like that dynamic, like everything fit together really well. And they did a good job of cool. from like a viewer experience kind of thing. Well, I, I think I think esports is that like I don't even think yeah. that that was just you know well, like I, done I purposely or anything like that I, I think that's the style that's been working and not only esports and we're seeing it in the nba like inside the well, nba it was, i felt like, like it was less professional not professional but like, like less serious yeah Does that's that what sense? i mean like that that's like oh. the style of 
you know, analyst desks and casting that have been working. Like I uh, just like the NBA, right? Inside yeah, the NBA, I mean, we've got Shaq and Charles Barkley on yeah. on a desk. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, See, TI had, had freaky so. puppets. I mean, yeah. we are not serious. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, are, we are, but we're not. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true, too. That's true, too. So I think that's just a general, I think that's just generally the direction of these things. Like not getting, I mean, obviously having it professionally looking, but not going too crazy serious. And that's kind of one of the issues I've always had with the Riot cast. It's like, I just think it's a little bit too serious all the time, the LCS one. Be- and, speaking of Riot, though, yeah, I believe Monty, Monte Cristo yes, is going to be casting that, uh, the Asia thing. The Overwatch thing. And right? he's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he he supposedly had been asked to cast stuff in Overwatch, and he'd been turning it down because he didn't know the game well enough yet. So he's been doing, he's been, I assume, researching in his Monty Cave uh, no, for this event. I think he and Doa have been, both of them have been planning on on casting Overwatch too, just because you know, as a caster, you can't just cast one game. It's been well, I mean, that well and I feel like and... I feel like if you're in. I feel like if you had the option right now to choose between Riot and Blizzard, you would take Blizzard, you know? <laughs> well, there's I mean, this whole yeah. thing. Monty, Monty posted make... a video, right? Monty posted a video about just Monty's why he's like not doing it. Monty's like in the process it. of burning bridges. Yeah, yeah. So he's, you know, he's explained kind of what's going on with just cash and why he's not obviously casting that. And, and But this, this is good for Overwatch because we actually get Monty to cast Overwatch and Monty is a great caster. And, or he's a, you know, he's a great guy to have on the desk and just be involved with, with Overwatch. So mm-hmm. I'm excited, man. I'm excited to get a chance to see him and obviously Doa and uh, you know, Jason's going over there too. So it's going to be a good product over there and it can only add to what you know, just uh, for all of us, Overwatch, Overwatch uh, viewers and everything. So good stuff. All right, well, why don't we go into Q&A, guys? We've kind of gone pretty long, <laughs> but why don't we take a few questions here? Let me see if I have any questions in, in Twitter. I usually don't, so everybody's just like so lazy and, and going to gonna post their questions in Twitch here. But you guys have any questions? Go ahead and uh, write them out in Twitch chat, and we'll, we'll ask them. We'll take like one or two, and then we'll go call it a night. It's been good, though. There will be OGN events, yeah. No question there'll be OGN events. I mean, Doa was on here, I don't know, a month or two ago, and he was hinting at it. Didn't say anything officially, but, I mean, come on. <laughs> it's pretty obvious that there's going to be some, some big OGN thing soon. All right, so I'll give you guys a few more seconds if you got any questions. If not, then we'll, we'll wrap things up. But uh, question me. <laughs> oh, there, there you go, that's you. All right. All right. Well, I don't know. I guess not. I guess there's not too much. Oh, here we go. Uh, what is the worst part of the Ana Meta um, asked by Bloodsire AA? Um, maybe the best counter to Ana is to run another Ana. It's hard to have yeah. a, a, a variety in the meta when you've got, like, ideally you want some sort of rock, paper, scissors, maybe lizard Spock scenario. But when the best counter to rock is rock, then there you got all you got is rocks. Yeah, that's boring. That is kind of boring. Yeah, I mean, if you're not running Anna on all, the thing, what's really interesting actually is that Anna on defense is actually not that good if right. there's no Anna on offense. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, because that makes sense. Def- as far as defensive vaults go, uh, at least for like control point first points like Kings Row and stuff like Hollywood, you don't really want a defensive nano boost you know unless you're like going to take a fight to them like it works on payload maps but on control points and stuff it's not that good which is which is interesting but like it forces you to play and on defense because if they come out with and on offense you just lose 
-hmm. And if you don't come out with N on offense, you're like not abusing the map. You're like not trying to win as hard as you could be, you know? Right. So it's, I think that that's the worst part is that it forces your hand a little too much and it forces the rest of the heroes to have to, it's one of the few heroes I think that changes the way every other hero has to play the game. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, I, next. I guess uh, one one quick thing. Yeah, I sure. I really like playing Ana, so if they nerf her more, it will make that less fun. So that's what I don't like. She is a lot of fun to play. I mean, I I've, I've played very little of her, but um, just watching the gameplay from Ana, I, I it's starting to become like what we were hoping for in terms of just like sleep darts and <laughs> and just her ability to to just have to escape in a very high skilled manner. That's cool. I mean, I. I I definitely want to see that the highest level of, of or the, the pros playing Ana in that way. Uh, okay, so here's a question from Disco Shark. How do you guys feel about the lack of mix between NA and EU meta in the tourney? What's that? I think I think it was a mistake. Um, yeah, the whole thing because I guess on oh. a bigger scale, mm-hmm. on a bigger on like the grander stage, um, Fnatic and Envy are definitely the best two teams right now. There's no doubt right now as to who the best two teams are in NA. But they're both mostly European. So to assume, I mean, like, it it makes sense from a NA versus EU standpoint, like, if you're going for that. But from a player perspective, it's really bad if you're one of the players because it doesn't make sense to them because they're Europeans playing in America. Like, um, we could wind up, like, this is crazy, but you could wind up in a situation right now where FaZe wins Europe somehow. Like, let's just hypothetically. And they'd be the more NA team representing Europe. Right. So finish second. Yeah. You know. So like it wind, It, it kind of doesn't make sense in that regard when you consider the fact that the top NA teams that were expected and should have, which did wind up being the top two, were going to be mostly European anyway. But I could see why logistically it's better to split the regions up and to do it to two smaller tournaments at the same time. But they could have maybe split the groups differently to counter what I just said. So I'm not sure. I just think that it was a little bland because the Europeans came in. The Europeans are going to come in tomorrow, or is it tomorrow? They're, or yeah. Thursday? they're yeah, going to come in with they're going to come in with a lot of tanks. I would expect. So, like I expect World of Tanks tomorrow, but the Americans didn't come in so tank heavy. Like it looked tank heavy, but Reaper Zarya May is a lot different than Roadhog Reinhardt Zarya <laughs> stuff like that. So it's um I would have rather seen that clash and seen teams have to force each other's hands based on what was working, and we didn't really get to see that so much. But um. I don't know. It could be good. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's I, just, I didn't, yeah. Yeah. I would have liked to see the same thing. I would have liked to, at least when they got to this stage, mixed it up, mix it up. Cause we saw it with the Lang showdown and it was cool. You know what I mean? That, yeah. That's like, yeah, that's I, don't, I don't see games. why not having, yeah. I don't see why you don't do a top four where you got two of each or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know, redo groups, but, uh, it, it, I, I think the funniest thing to come out of it is if you get a pure European team against envious then you have literally one NA player, in the finals and so you're kind of guaranteed that it's just going to be eu all the way i don't like this sort of in like forced insertion of the eu versus na like everyone wants that to be the storyline i'd rather the storyline just be the game just the best i just want to see the best team in the world you know kind of thing and however yeah. we get to that we don't have to have the the region-based championship type of thing well yeah. well it's well i guess the issue is that the, the, it was okay, I guess, their thought process, but the execution didn't make sense just because of the way the teams are structured and that there's a whole European teams plus Tailspin in America that's the best team. Like, it it doesn't... It makes sense from an org... Per, like, the NA versus EU is only org 
specific. And it, yeah, like, but that's no. okay. I, I don't mind yeah. that. I mean, it is in the end all about the orgs. So I mean, this is a team-based sport. You know, it's, this isn't like a one v one game, right? So that just has these these kind of faux teams. This is actually a real team game. So it, it is all about the organization. They're yeah, in the NBA, Toss had cool. picked up a North American team, like you know, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, it could, could have. You know I mean? yeah. That's what I'm saying. It so. is a little bit weird for especially us who who knows the scene like really really well and all the players. Mm-hmm. But overall, I, I I can see why they did that. Uh, all right. So last mm-hmm. question. Yeah. Let's oh, see. Um, oh, did you have one thing to add? Go ahead. If, oh, I I actually had I had a question, but I don't want to I don't want to roll over um, uh, anyone any any of your viewers' questions. So let them go. Okay. Well, I guess there was one that's just a prediction. We didn't actually give a prediction on the whole, on the overall Overwatch Open. Who's going to win the whole thing? I mean, the year for me. I am. <laughs> I think the European a big team here. will take it. It'll, it'll be it'll be hard to know. Yeah, I think EU may have the stronger champion. I just don't know which one it's going to be. I think it's reunited. So I, if I had to guess, if I, I was so. going to pick right even, now, I'd say reunited. Even, even, though, even though they lost to Misfits and uh, and Nip, yep. in the Lenovo, they yeah, might not losing, get out. No, I, I don't think so. I don't think that the. I think it's based on map pools, and I don't think that Reunited's going to give Nip their maps. I don't think anyone's giving Nip, Volskaya or Numbani in a like in this tournament. I, like I don't see. I don't. There's no more diverse teams than Rogue and Reunited's, and I would think that Reunited has a leg up this time. Wow. Um, okay. I felt like Rogue was strong last tournament, and they played really well. But it was so close, you know. It was. Really I feel close, like but... I think that this is Reunited's tournament to lose. If I had, if I was going to like just make a bold prediction, not again, not second place again. Yeah. So I, I think that they. And I, another thing is the timing. Like they have a shorter gap. I don't know how much of a deal that's going to make. I mean, Envy is good. Don't get me wrong. But Envy looked mortal, I think, this week. And Envy obviously looked mortal that's, at Atlantic Showdown. And that's I interesting. Like, because I, I thought they looked better than they looked at Atlantic Showdown uh, yesterday. Uh, just, they could, they just, could be better and still mortal. Yeah, I know. Uh, well, it's true. As long as the but, rest of the competition. Yeah. True. I just thought that at Atlantic Showdown, I, I did see points where, you know, double T's, the, the, you know, Taimu and, and Tailspin had some bad games there. But... I didn't see too many bad games from them the, the last couple of days. So yeah, and uh, remember, that's a big we're basing deal. our predictions off of. I mean, we already know Envy is going to be in the final. We don't know <laughs> yeah, how of any course. of these. That's true. Yeah, yeah. we don't know. That's true. We, we don't, don't know, know what the matchup's going to be too. Yeah, the matchup yeah. is a big deal too. So I mean, you you bet against Envy, and then like they'll get heated. Maybe it'll make them want want it more. You know, I don't I don't see any way to really predict it because I don't know who the other team is. Yeah, like yeah. That. No, it's going to be exciting though. It it, yeah. it would be kind of cool to see a a, a rogue rematch but reunited is definitely going to put a i think it's going to be right up there though it's 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 going to come down to that it's going to be be a good finals at least in the eu but yeah what oh, do yeah. you guys think actually what does a twitch chat think who do they think they're actually going to win it'd be kind of interesting to see i'm, I'm already seeing reunited always second yeah always second. oh man that is so brutal how many seconds have they had now they've had like three two Wait, how many seconds does Reunite have? Do you guys Enough. know? It's the beginning I, of time. A lot. I think it's wow. north of five. Is it north of five? Oh my gosh! Okay. I think I it is. That. <laughs> if you count Ghosts and Weeklies. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, because there was that yeah. whole span of time where Envy was on Envy and IDDQD were on top of them, and it just be Reunite second. Every yeah, week. that's true. Especially early on. That, that's right. I forgot about that. 
All right, well, why don't we uh, wrap up? It's been almost two hours, man. This has been awesome. Great talks with you guys. Um, but why don't we do some shout-outs? So, uh, Captain Planet, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at, at Captain Planet OW on Twitter. Um, and then you can follow my, my meta reports at overbuff.com slash blog. Uh, we're also hiring content producers, uh, freelance writers. If you think you're good at Overwatch and you think you're good at writing, hit me up. Uh, I think we have an application post somewhere in there. Uh, and then follow Overbuff at, at Overbuff. Easy. All right, cool. Flame, how about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash flame. I mean, I stream. I try to stream most weeknights, I think, like 8 to 12-ish. Nice. Sometimes it's like 9 to 1. But um, check out my YouTube. It's Flame617. I do all my bot analyses. I'm open for hire if anyone needs some analysts. <laughs> yeah, for live this guy. If anyone's watching, I get some live events. Yeah, um, I'm a lot less controversial in person and in a professional environment <laughs> than I am on Discord. on Discord. You can't dude. believe everything <laughs> you read on Discord. He's all he's all sunshine and rainbows, guys. Yeah. I trust. <laughs> it's like everybody on the internet, man. When you meet them in person, they're like, I know. Yeah, I feel like I'm tainted chill, right now. Cool. Yeah, the view of me is tainted in a blizzard eye because <laughs> nah, of my dude, you're, rants, you're, my epic you're rants less tainted than some. <laughs> oh man not naming any names um okay so i'll, I'll uh brown things out by just giving a shout out to both of you guys captain Planet and flame for doing the show with me today and everybody that that tuned in late i know it's like really late for europeans or any any of the folks even here on the east coast so thanks for tuning in uh those of you that listen to the audios this will be up on itunes sometime tomorrow probably tomorrow afternoon or so uh but immediately up on other other places like google uh, music and whatnot so you can tune in that way if you missed the vods you can check that on youtube.com slash v and if you like hearthstone i have a, a podcast that's going to be tomorrow at 4 p.m value town if you're into that too but that's going to be it for the overview we'll be back next week hopefully fish sticks will be back next week because he's going to be finally done with twitchcon maybe he's gonna to have to sleep for i don't know how many days after that but but hopefully he'll be back so um you know you can you can tune in and say hi to him if you uh, if you guys are around but for captain planet flame and myself cham mv this is the overview we'll see you next week Later.